0: And gentlemen, the show is about to start in ten, nine, eight, 7,
2: 6, 5, 4, three, two, one. You'll
5: be
6: on mountain.
5: It's time for inside the game the show! By the Barnuminium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown Carolina, touchdown Ace Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure, he just dives in. Shruber, Bill Woolenex, and Jamie Bradford.
1: All right, gr- greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the. You okay? Oh, what
7: i just what? I, what? I just saw jc's uh little tagline there oh, yeah. like, in
6: my head I like, no there's yeah. a story behind that <laughs> <laughs> i got a story i got a story after jamie introduces us after, yeah, after right yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry i hate to
1: no 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 i started you laughing the
6: program you. five seconds in <laughs>
1: well i no 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 I, I i thought you were laughing at the chat box because i read at rle's uh
7: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hadn't even gotten that far yet. His, yeah. <laughs> Within the I, SEC. I, so,
1: that's I, so, right. I just I just that's what I thought you were laughing at. I was laughing at that, anyway. hey, that, press,
6: that presser was strong, by the way. Oh, strong. Was,
1: yes. yeah. very, Stronger than
6: true. a garlic milkshake.
1: There's no no question. Um I don't know where I was, but I do know this. It's 1105, and it's inside the Chicken cock, the- whiskey, oh,
6: Studios. <laughs> yeah, S- good morning. Greetings and good morning. You know, yeah. Let's just roll it back, Jamie. Let's go, back Come on, let's go. We're, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Me and uh, Phil, are, we're being bad today. My bad. Our bad. We threw you off, buddy. No, 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 no. That was me. I threw my
1: uh, – you didn't do anything. Hold on. Let me do this again. Hold on just a second. <sighs> Deep breath. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show. From the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Sinorama.com, Gamecock owned and operated, always served by Chicken Cock. We probably need some, I guess, at this point in time. Chicken Cock Bourbon, where you can find it on the Chief Sports app in a store near you and built by the BarndoCo, Co., making people happy, very happy, building their dream homes across four states the Carolinas, Georgia, and Tennessee, the BarndominiumCo.com. There's Schubert, there's Phil. Uh, we do have Chad Holbrook coming up. We've got Matt Anderson coming up. Uh, we've got a, we've got some really interesting college football topics today, too, that you're going to enjoy, including uh, future schedules and uh, the CFP and things of that nature. But also, of course, we'll get into the metrics for GameCop basketball with Matt, talk about the bracketology stuff. Carolina baseball wins again last night. Uh, we'll get more into that and so on and so forth. It'll be a lot of fun around here for the next three hours. With that said, good morning, Shanana.
6: Yeah, I uh, I got some things to say about the group of five. I was thinking about when I woke up this morning about 30 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I had bingo last night. We won, by the way. We won finally. Hey. Broke a losing streak at bingo last night. Uh, but um, I got some things to say about the group of five. I read Jamie Chadwell's comments where he just accused LSU of buying one of his players in a Ross Dellinger article And I got some things to say about a group of five when we get into the football topics. But Mm -hmm. first, why did I do Sean and I? Okay, so the wife and I were sitting here by no less than 15 minutes ago in perfect pitch singing the Family Ties theme song. Like she Mm -hmm. took the female part. I think we're just singing, having a good time, waking up, you know, having my coffee. And my dog starts barking in the middle of it. Like, that's not allowed. You know, stop singing. Red, red. And I started thinking about it as, a, as a, he hates Alex P. Keaton and all that, but I, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. You know who he probably hates? Ubu.
1: <laughs>
6: Y'all remember Ubu? Ubu? <laughs> sit, that's Ubu, right. sit. Good dog. <laughs> He's probably got a little rivalry there going, you know. He had, freaking <laughs> hates Ubu. He's a song where brings back trauma. And so uh, so I, I figured that's why he was barking. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs> so, that's uh. That was the deal there, so uh, yeah. But we, we sung it beautifully. I mean, I wish they had it on karaoke, but they don't. But uh, that's a heck of a. Like I said, if you if you want a romantic '80s sitcom theme song, you can't beat Family Ties. If you read the, the good things, point. but yeah. But I got up all kind of you know a little sawed off about those group of five today. I think, and we'll get to it later. But a lot of it, man, they bring on themselves as pro as as, as you know. It's and I'm not necessarily talking about like your Wyoming Cowboys, the schools out West that are kind of, you know, geography is a reason why, you know, they're sort of isolated. Uh, You know, your app states of the world, your liberties of the world will get get getting go back to FCS. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, why would you intentionally go be a group of five school? That's the one level of football where you're basically playing for nothing. a hope and a dream, a paycheck. That's it. You know, why? Well, that's why? why. That's you know yeah. yeah it's a paycheck you know and and that's uh it's sad but, but you know you got to admit who you are at some point so anyway we can get all that later um certainly a big win for the gamecocks on the diamond last night uh taking care of winthrop in seven innings uh copper looked good shoot man it's yeah. a good good been a good uh good start to the week uh, as far as um in our little realm goes
1: well i it was a good start uh for for carolina But it was a tough night for number one. Number one falls both in basketball and baseball last night. UConn throttled in Omaha. I mean, throttled. Creighton beat the tar out of them outside of some some late points from the the Huskies, but they did drop their third game of the year. And then, hey, for all of those who just say, you can't lose the midweek games. Oh, man, you suck if you lose one. Well, number one, Wake Forest got beat last night. They might as well shut it down in Winston-Salem. Sweet Jesus, here we go. Oh, no, close the doors on the Wake Forest baseball program. The Omaha, not only contenders, but favorites, somehow, someway, they got beat. Great, goodness. Uh, but it was a tough night for number one. Not a tough night, as you mentioned, uh, for, for South Carolina, as they did a uh, 10-run rule. Another 10-run rule, uh, two and four games, as a matter of fact, uh, went through. uh, For what it's worth, by the way, UNC Asheville almost beat Tennessee up at Lindsey Nelson last night. Uh, East Carolina got beat by a pretty good Campbell team. Dayton went to Nashville and beat Vanderbilt. That goes to show you when you lose midweek games, it's not because you had; It's because these big-time programs do things during the midweeks, early in the season, to figure out, what type of team they're going to have the rest of the year and who's going to be able to do what and help them win games it's not like football it's not a basketball a little bit different carolina didn't have that problem last night as you pointed out eddie copper they brilliant move really by coach king and matt williams put him back on the mound he's good he needs to pitch he needs to get all the rust out and and get get the get the jiggles out of there and he did so hats off to uh game Cup baseball for for winning last night and um they've got we'll talk more about this game a little bit later on but um they've got a game today against queens and matthew becker one guy that i circled one of the guys i circled before the season you know they're going to they're going to need matthew becker to win in my opinion he's going to start tonight against queens 364 days after starting february 22nd last year against queens see how it all works out Go to Queens to find a queen. Hopefully it
6: looks,
7: looks pretty good. It's oh, the night game that's sponsored by McDowell's. That's awesome.
6: Yeah, McDowell's. Yeah. McDowell's. <laughs> the the Are mix. they going to be serving free big mix?
1: Well, I know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know, but I do know what they will be serving at the ballpark. That's Billy G's Carolina barbecue. Uh, yeah,
6: it I saw that. Yeah. yeah, they're rocking it, man. Yeah, man. It's hot stuff, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. The more... I mean, Billy G's barbecue is one of those things and I know they're a sponsor, but just, just even if they weren't, I'd say this, the more it's like the more people that try it, the, the more people that love it. it mm-hmm. I've never met somebody who goes, I don't really care for the Billy G's. No. Nobody ever says that. You know? never. I mean, you can have your favorite between sweet heat and, and the, the gold and all that, but we all do, but I've never met somebody cause I just don't like that old Billy G's barbecue. So the rub, it's yeah. just, it's not my thing. Never. Mm-hmm. So. So happy that they're out there at Founders Park and stuff, but that's uh, yeah. I mean, you talked about the Greensboro beating um, Wake, and I mean that Greensboro is a pretty tough little program. I think they, I think they did take one away from the Gamecocks a few years back. I think in the opening series of the season, but yeah, uh, yeah, they've got a pretty good program up there. Most of the, most of the North, you know, as much as we are blessed in South Carolina with a lot of good college baseball, I think North Carolina uh probably doesn't get the credit it deserves i mean you, you look at all the, sc- the division one schools up there they've all been good at some point i mean even phil's alma mater western carolina uh jack leggett was the coach there before he mm-hmm. came to clemson and was winning for the cat mighty catamounts back in the day uh app state's been good in recent years and then EC- ecu and, and all can all those schools you know they're all good and charlotte they're all good and so uh not not a huge shock there. I think uh, I want to see Carolina play Wake for some reason. I, I know Wake's really good, but it's I kind of like the Gamecocks get a shot at those guys. Yeah. Well, they might. <laughs> I mean, at some point they they could, you know. But I, I'd like to, uh, to 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 quote uh, since we're quoting movies today. To quote Red Dawn: uh, two biggest bullies on the block. Eventually, they're going to fight." Yeah. So hopefully, the Gamecocks uh, end up being a big enough bully to take on the mighty Demon Deacons at some point. So there
1: you go. Yeah, maybe in Omaha, uh, that would that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we. Yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking Super in Winston Salem, where nah,
6: half the crowd's it in black, and they take over the nah. stadium. I like going,
1: that. There will be a. Uh, uh, there will be a super. Well, let's just go ahead and and, and <laughs> think it, it down here. There will be a super in Columbia. Uh, let's think it done and, and see if they can, uh,
6: speak it into existence, see, see
1: if they can do it. Yeah. They're look there. So here's the thing. And, and again, we we'll, we're going to come back to some baseball. We're not going to spend two hours on baseball or anything like that with everybody today, but because it's early in the season, I do. I always think it's important to do everything in our power to help educate, you know, on, on what is important and what isn't important and, I mean, I'm lucky to have pretty good baseball eyes. So, you know, you start to kind of figure things out. And there's a couple of things in the chat box. Like Jan said, I'm a Ty Good fan. Me too. And, you know, his former coach is coming up here in just a little bit. And we're going to talk to Chad about Ty Good. But so here's the thing about that, right? Like Ty Good is a guy, if you look through the first four games of the year, and this could all change, there's, there's no, doubt, no doubt. But remember when we talked last week, and I mentioned it again yesterday, and you just, you'll kind of keep mentioning it until it kind of irons itself out. Guys, like, unlike football, a little bit like basketball, but baseball is in its own little realm when it comes to these things. Finding roles and like this team has the pieces, it's finding where the roles are going to be. So, you know, we saw over the weekend, it, I don't want to say it's clear cut, but it's, it feels like it that Chris Veach is probably the closer. You, if if the Ganey kid can can consistently throw strikes, and I think he's going to be able to, he's probably going to have some opportunities to close as well. Depending on who he's, you know, who they're facing, what the what part of the lineup is coming up, and things like that, it might be better. If you got three lefties coming up, might be better to hump a lefty at him who's throwing ninety six. But also, maybe a one inning setup guy, so they feel like they're kind of figuring out where he's going to go. Who's tied good? Ty Good's kind of the steady the ship, steady Eddie. I'm going to get you two, four innings if I need to, five. I mean, he was a CAA pitcher of the year, right, as a starter. I mean, the guy could throw some innings, and he knows how to pitch. And as Chad Holbrook pointed out, over and over and over, not contrary to what Whittle was reporting, Whittle was reporting what he was seeing, which was correct. Ty didn't really perform that well. And Coach Holbrook has said around here before, when the lights come on, he does. Mm and you know, so he's he's kind of shown like, hey man, you know, if starter gets a you know, has a little bit of a rough outing. I gotta, I got to run in there in the third. I can pitch till the seventh. I can pitch till yeah. I do whatever needs to be done. So, you know, now they feel like they maybe found his role. We're gonna find out tonight a little bit more about Becker and where he is this season early early on and what he's gonna be able to provide. So they're figuring these things out. They feel like they've got you know what I mean. They're figuring them out, and that's kind of what we were getting at. Like. Hey, what you see on opening day or opening weekend or the second week or whatever it is, that might not necessarily be who they're going to be as they start to kind of get this thing ironed out. Then you get into April, you get into May, you know who you can and can't trust in different situations. So every game it seems like they find a different piece and and that's very encouraging.
6: I agree and and like on Tyga that kind of guy is the kind of guy if you get to game 4 of a regional or game five of a region that, that, those types of guys are valuable. We've seen
1: absolutely
6: this program through the 100%. years, you know, you got, uh, because all of a sudden in the postseason or at Omaha, you know, you, you know, the postseason is different. Uh, sometimes you can't just line up your pitching and, and win and away you go. It, it's nice if it works out that way, but it doesn't always. Um, he's a guy that could, you know, that could do one of those legendary, uh, June pitching performances at, mm. at uh, uh with carolina baseball where uh we've seen everybody from blake taylor to whoever the kid was when, when holbrook was there that did it against unc wilmington i forget his name uh thompson or something i don't know but it, you know we've seen it through the years that could be you know we we tie good maybe a situational player that does really well uh it starts the midweek games or whatever through the year and then all of a sudden we get to G- june and he, the guy's a hero i mean that's uh that's why guys like that are really good, and I agree with Jan. I, I like the way he tie pitches I, I, that style of pitching. I've told everybody I'm a Chad Blackwell fan. I don't know that the style similar, but it's that yeah. live arm kind of guy. You yeah. know that kind of guy where it's just like you're like wow, it'd be hard, you know, because I think it'd be he'd be pretty hard to hit. But yeah, he did not look all that good. Uh, and uh, but you know, like like Whittle has said, and like I'm sure Holbrook will tell us, he's a gamer, and when the lights come on, that dude's gonna he's gonna. He's gonna give it his all and uh and do pretty well. But uh I mean, we'll he's been around a
1: while, out. JC. You know, older he's been guy. Yeah. A while. I mean
6: Rock Hill athlete, you know, those guys yeah. compete, you know.
1: Those guys. but I mean, like, you know, he's been pitching in college baseball for four years. I mean, like, you know, he's gonna be able to to uh and were you by the way, were you just talking about Tyler John a minute ago when he shut down Wilmington back in there? Yeah, in the Tyler region? Johnson. Yeah, that's um, but like um I mean, he's been around a while. Like, he's not going to run out there and, you know, get, get nervous about anything, get yippity about anything. He's just going to go pitch. And he understands that, you know, some days you might not have it, but most days he probably will. So I think it, it's really neat. Um, you know, the, the, the Petri stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it sucks to, you know, see him kind of, Kind of scuffling up there, but if there's anybody in the lineup you don't worry about it, is Ethan Petrie. He'll be fine. I mean, he's going to hit. So, you know, and here's the thing. They're winning right now with without Petrie doing what he's doing or doing anything. The one thing that was encouraging, he hit two of them runs this weekend. They're both opposite field. So, yeah, you know, he's he's worked on some things. He's pressing a little bit. He'll be fine. Everybody knows that. I mean, he's, he's going to be fine. He'll keep hitting in the three hole no matter how much he scuffles and he'll break out and all will be forgotten.
7: Yeah, but he's still I, having decent at-bats, too, I noticed last night. I mean, maybe in the first series, he was, you know, kind of pressing a little too hard. But he's, you know, for, for when he's not swinging at off-speed stuff and just whiffing, you know, which will come. I mean, that's that's got to be a timing thing. Yeah. Um he still, I mean, you know, he took a walk, you know, hit by pitch. I mean, it's still, you know, getting into the count and, and doing the right things.
1: Yeah. They've, I haven't looked at the national stats. I guess I probably need to. There can't be a team out there with more walks than this one.
7: This, I was thinking, like, yeah, it was about the sixth inning last night. I'm like, how many free bags have we got? And Then free runs on top of that.
1: <laughs> I mean, they've, they've walked 44 times this year in four games. Geez. Um,
7: 11 walks a game is probably not a sustainable
1: stat. <laughs> well, they've, they've been hit eight times. That's 52 free bags.
6: <laughs> Lee Croy has scored five runs last night. And first one says Michael Campbell. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, shout out, shout out to Michael yeah. Campbell, by the shout way. Shout out
1: to Soup, who was supposed Since to. 06. One of the Soups, yeah.
6: But, uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I, that was, um, I, I think. Opposing pitchers are probably a little intimidated by this lineup. I mean, to be honest, I mean, these are kids, college kids at small schools yeah. pitching at Founders Park. It's probably going yeah. to. Happen.
1: I think one, I think one dad yeah. who came in for Winthrop last night, it was like his, the first appearance of his career. Yeah. Okay. Oh No. <laughs> Yeah, okay. poor kid. Yeah, he walked up to the, the, the mound
7: that, with three, four, five coming up too. It was like, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it might baptism be, by fire. <laughs>
1: it, it might have been the cat who gave up the home run to to because I was I was listening to it and and and, and I got I've just got to squeeze this in, and we'll squeeze it in, and we'll keep squeezing it in. i am just I've just let all of you know, um, and I hope that you'll believe me, and I hope you'll try it and give it a real chance. If you, if you enjoy watching the game on TV, that's great. And I don't have any, I, I love watching Dave and, and Kip and, and those guys when they're up there. This has nothing to do with them. If you can watch it on TV and mute it and unmute it and listen to those guys or whatever, that's great. But, but Derek and, and Stuart are, I mean, you can't honor Tommy Moody any better than the way that they're doing it. I mean, it, it is fantastic radio. It's fantastic. It's the, there's no way that there are two people out there doing a better job calling college baseball than those two. There's no, it's impossible. I mean, all the things that you want in a podcast, those two have, have brought it in the, in the first four games of the year. So hats off coach Lake and and Derek Scott. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
6: I, I had a chance to listen on Sunday uh, to them. I just kind of fired it up and, and, and listened instead of watching. And because baseball, that that's the one sport I really will do that with. Uh, although I will say if you're on a long trip on a Sunday and NFL game comes on Westwood one, that's kind of nice too.
1: If Mike Morgan's on uh, it. Yeah.
6: Oh, Mike, especially, but uh, <laughs> it, um you know, but I, 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 I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the moments, uh, you know, I think calling a baseball game, for my money is about how the the broadcaster handles moments and the silence uh you know uh that sport uh, it, it kind of lends itself to like distinct pauses and 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 kind of the wave the waves of the game i guess uh and and they do a good job riding the waves of the game how how poetic was that so that's yeah. uh that that's kind of what i get like just like skip carry you know skip carry and it's it's the traffic, you know, I mean, he was good with pauses. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's because he was taking a sip. You know, that's, that's not because he was. So his was his dad. Like, hey, hey. He wasn't letting it breathe. Give <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> a shout out. To had, that had nothing to do with it. You know, he was just getting housed.
6: Gladys and uh, Palos Heights. Man. Happy birthday. <laughs>
1: hey. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. It is eleven twenty-five, guys. Let's go ahead and step aside and uh, and take a, a a break here, because Coach Holbrook, I, I want to get him in for as much as we can today. Uh, by the way, they're four zero. They swept a four-game series against the thundering herd of Marshall this past weekend. So the College <laughs> of Charleston's off to an outstanding uh, start. But Gamecock baseball presented all season long on our program program by Resto Pros of the Midlands, RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. I, I mean this when I say it. We really hope that you don't ever have any issues from smoke, water, fire damage, wind damage, anything like that, whether it's your business or your home or anything that you own. Uh, but if you do, those are the best guys to call and they're Gamecock owned and operated. Jeff Surgis is like crazy Gamecock. Like Worse than Craig in our chat box. I mean, it's it's up all night, following the coverage, following everything, watching everything, you know, going in 24-7. They might be in somebody's home, and it might be, you know, 10 o'clock at night, but he's he's got his earpiece in listening to Gamecock baseball while they're on the air. But taking care of their customers, of course. Uh, so we hope that you don't have any damage, but if you ever do, there's nobody better to call than Resto Pros of the Midlands. Resto Pros, Midlands, SC. Dot com. They'll help you get through the insurance process. That can be a pain in the bleep, as you well know. Quality, that is guaranteed. Chad Holbrook is quality that is guaranteed. If y'all had not figured that out, he's up next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others.
2: South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. GA.com. Schedule a no hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today.
1: Nana's Porch. Nana's At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. NanasPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550.
3: Our coverage of Gamecocks baseball is presented by Resto Pros of the Midlands. On call
5: 24 hours a day and ready to respond to your emergency needs.
8: the home of the 4-0
1: and now 21st rank. South Carolina game. 1130, Matt Anderson uh, had plenty of college football to get into some major topics and maybe a hint at the future in the SEC. But first, Chad Holbrook, who used to coach the Gamecocks, he coaches at College Charleston. He's also the host of Chin Music. Now explain this photo behind me here.
4: Do you remember this moment? (laughs) I forgot where we were playing. Um,
1: that was Missouri.
4: It was at Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we had some characters on those teams for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some good dudes, man. There's some good dudes. For sure. Did you know
1: that was going on back there? Nah,
4: no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. The great ones do. I, I wish I'd have known what was going on behind me, but I didn't know that day. And there, I'm sure there was some crazier stuff happened in, some other interviews that probably wasn't photographed.
1: I just broke my printer. Do you uh do you uh do you think that uh anybody would have done that if Coach Tanner was on the headset like that? Oh,
4: they got Coach Tanner a couple of times. Yeah, they got him. Um I don't know if anybody uh, uh I know Adrian Morales got him a time or two. Um we had some care you know, Roth Roth definitely got Coach Tanner a few times as well. So
1: Hey and so we did the show on Friday from from founders um you'll know nowhere near any of it, maybe uh how you would feel from time to time if you felt like you had disappointed coach tanner but coach lake came to me and said hey coach tanner is good for 115 and i all right, i said all right and i was phil and i were upstairs and i was in coach tanner's booth doing the show the ad not in the suite i was in the ad booth you know what i mean oh yeah and um and and I was sitting at in Coach Tanner's seat with his little name tag on on the table, so, so I I was under the impression that Coach Tanner. I texted him and I said, uh, Coach Lake said to you know let you know that I'm in your your booth and it's one one fifteen okay, and he said all good. Okay, all, all good. So, 115 rolls around. Now, I'm kind of, you know, looking around. Phil's looking around. We're looking through the glass. Because Phil was in the visitor's radio booth. We're looking at each other like, man, Coach Tanner, if he says he's going to be there, you know, he's there. He, <laughs> 120. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a timeout. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So, I get this stats from Coach Tanner. You said 115, right? Yes, I said, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is the behind the scenes of live TV and radio. These things happen now. So oh I, 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 I respond during the break. I said, yes, sir. Are you here? He said, I'm at my computer in my office. Where oh, are you? Said, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. So I got up <laughs> and ran around to, to, during the break to Phil. I said, Coach Tanner's in his office. You've got to send him a link right now and uh so he sent the link and of course we ended up getting him on and and you know had a good time with it it was it was funny but I said well coach I said uh you got 10 teams in the top 25 right now you gotta be a proud like kind of like a proud dad you know you he said well I'm going let me correct you now he said we, we've got 11 we've got 11 teams in the top 25 as a matter of fact I was meet, meeting with a girl who plays on the beach volleyball team and I told her to go tell your coach Why aren't y'all ranked in the top (laughs)
4: 25?
1: No, I was not. I was trying to – I had a splitting headache during the entire broadcast. I was trying to hold it together because I thought, that sounds about Go pick out the one team that's not ranked in the top 25 and just let them have it. So, uh, anyways, but everybody up there said to tell you hello and give you a hug, man. So, here, here it is.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I've heard some of those conversations from Coach Tanner. They're a little bit more direct than that. Uh but you oh, know, yeah, yeah, it was uh you know, when when you're not holding up your end of the bargain, you'll hear about it for sure.
1: I was scared to death. I I was like, shoot, man, there's no he's gonna be like, forget it. <laughs> but he wasn't, he was cool, you know, he was whatever. But uh he just blamed it on Stewart.
2: I hey, did. Hey, I just <laughs> the next time
4: my backdrop from your picture up there needs to be me on top of the dog pile. You know, I that's uh you know, I've got that I, one. You know, that's a good
7: one. Yeah, I could. Okay, that's
4: that's that was I uh, I didn't have much jumping. Like the last guest or one of the, your listeners said he could barely make it to the top of the pile, but I did make it. Didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a struggle, but yeah, I did make it in 2010. I, I was overweight. It was a struggle to get to the top of the pile. <laughs> 2011, I lost 30 pounds. It was an easy leap.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Shoot. Ah. Well, 2010, you know. You know, you back in Omaha, because you had, at that point in time, what, like a one-year break from Omaha? Uh,
4: yeah, we went, we didn't, I didn't go in 09, um, I was 06, 07, and 08 with North Carolina, break in 09, and, uh, and went 10, 11, and 12 with, with the Gamecocks, and, and I'm, I'm yeah. a lucky coach, for sure.
1: You were the most traveled, you were the most traveled person in the game of college baseball to Omaha during that stretch, so, so you had a year off, so that 2010, when you got there, you probably had to you man get that meal money, go fill up some steaks. By the time the championship game rolled around, you pro- yeah, you probably couldn't get to the top.
4: Oh man, we were wearing out that milkshake play Zestos out in Omaha. That's the sure. place to go. That's one of the you know, one of the when you win a super regional and you and, and you're celebrating, one of the main reasons you're celebrating is not only you get to go play for a national championship, but you get to go to Zestos. And um, uh, yeah, those shakes are to die for out there and Hmm. Yeah. Great, memories. Of, great memories for sure
6: it's sort of yeah. interesting omaha hosts uh first second round of the ncaa basketball tournament this year and and so lamont paris may make it to omaha before mark kingston this season uh Ooh. so it's, it's funny you mentioned those places to go Easy. game time fans may have a reason to, reason to get there <laughs> um, no no Easy. no i'm not i'm not criticizing king i just i just i, think <laughs> yeah, it's kind I of know funny. you're saying because I'm, I'm sitting cause Omaha's omaha is close enough to where i'm I may get my happy butt in the truck and drive the eight hours across Iowa to go wow. watch the Gamecock basketball team play. And I'm definitely going with if they go back for baseball. But uh, uh, I, I started thinking about that. I was like, oh, they may – Gamecocks may have a reason to go to Omaha quicker than we think if the, the projections from Lenardi and everything hold up. So One cool place.
4: Yeah. One cool place.
1: So, I, I've got a couple of, uh, uh, couple of things to lead off with you here from a baseball standpoint. First of all, hats off four and um, Marshall came to town for a four game series, which is pretty rare in college baseball, which I'll played Friday through Mondays. So how do you feel about your club after opening weekend?
4: We're still, you know, like most teams, we're still trying to find out who we are. Um, uh, but, uh, I love the way we pitched, uh, you know, we, we, Coach Dorton does a great job with our pitching staff and, um, you know, we uh, had us, you know, I mean, we, we just pitched at an elite level. We don't have elite stuff per se, we don't run it up in the mid nineties, but you know we can pitch, we can change speeds, and we throw strikes, and uh, we work ahead in the count, and we play defense behind our guys. And if we can do that, we'll have a chance to win all the games that we play in. And you know, we have a hard schedule, and we'll take yeah. it one at a time. And we've got a lot of improvement to do, but I kind of I like our team.
1: Well, you're, um, I I'll, I keep wanting to say, uh, the colonial, but it's the coastal.
4: Yeah, they changed it to coastal. I, yeah, this, I, 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 I keep saying colonial too.
1: I know. I, I well, the other day I was looking through scores on D one baseball, and I was like, "Where the hell is the CAA?" <laughs> and you know, I couldn't find it, and I was like, "Oh God, that's right, it's the it's coastal." A tough, it, it 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 a,
4: it's a tough league, man. Baseball wise, you know, UNC Wilmington is very highly thought of this year. Northeastern yeah. was preseason top twenty five, and they're they're going to be a really really good team. And uh, and obviously Campbell, uh, Campbell was off to a great start, one three of their first four, and you know, with a series win against the top 15 team and then a big win last night against East Carolina. So um, those three teams are awfully, awfully good. And I hope we can hold our own with those guys as well.
1: Yeah, I, I no doubt. And y'all got Youngstown State this weekend. Then you got Nebraska coming for another four-game set. Um, but I love the series against Walford too, Coach. I think that's a great series. I mean, you know, with Walford still being in the SoCon, of course. But I love seeing that thing played.
4: Yeah, I, we'd love to play teams in the state and um, didn't work out where we could play Clemson and South Carolina or or Coastal Carolina this year. The schedules were just the conference schedules were tough. And, um, yeah. and Coach Gilmore's, um, you know, his last year, it, it makes it makes some challenges. So hopefully we'll get to play a few more in-state teams if we both get rainouts later in the year. Um, but, yeah, we added Wofford. And that's a great weekend series. And then Penn, who's awfully dang good, too. Um, we got those guys as well before conference play. So we got our hands full.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's uh it should be like you said, it's gonna be tough. Northeastern was just ranked inside the top twenty five. I think they're out of it now, but certainly a talented team. I remember last year talking to you. Was it last year or yeah, I, it might the last they're,
4: they're, that's a that's a, a bunch good, of arms. that's a good team, man. I, I I they can compete in any league. And uh, you know, flying across the country to play at high Corbett Field in Arizona is a tall task, but you know, they could have won two out of three very, very easily, and um, you'll 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 see over the course of the season they'll they'll be ranked again in the top twenty-five, and I hope we play play well enough to be in that conversation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, like you said, a bunch of them. Pennsylvania, y'all got Pennsylvania. That Penn team last year went to the yeah. supers They're against good. Auburn. Yeah, uh, really good. And Liberty yeah. and uh, Stony Brook was in the World Series not too long ago. I mean, yeah.
4: it's sneaky. Yes, Hey, that, that's, the one thing about, that's the one thing about our sport is the mid-majors have a chance. Yeah. You know, you, you don't really probably feel like they got a great shot in obviously football, and and it's very rare that a mid-major gets the Final Four in basketball, even though it happens from time to time. But in baseball, it happens quite a bit. You know, we were out there in Omaha in 12 and played Kent State. Um, and, and, you know, obviously they've been in Omaha. Stony Brook made it to Omaha. Citadel 1 uh, made it to Omaha, you know back in the nineties, Georgia Southerns made it. So, uh, there's a fighting sense for us mid-major guys in, in our sport. And, you know, hopefully yeah. we can get hot at the right time. You never know. You got to dream big, right? Coastal and, and Fresno. Won. Well, did Fresno, coastal won it, it, Fresno won the whole thing.
6: Fresno won the whole Fre- thing.
4: Coastal won the coastal won in 16. They won yeah. it Fresno's all and, and Fresno won it all in 08. I believe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Cause y'all were out there. They actually beat us in the semifinals. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, what, hey, how about how about that? Because that they were the
1: last team in the field.
4: Yeah, just yeah, like old then, They were a four seed at Arizona State, an incredible run. Just got hot at the right time, and you know, after the after that, years after that, I don't know if it's gotten much legs, but they were talking about. I think some of their players came out with some chatter about they were using illegal bats and stuff during Omaha and stuff, and. I know one thing. were ball's hit a long way. I'm not using anybody, or anything, but we couldn't get them out for sure. <laughs> I don't know if they were illegal or not, but damn, yeah. it, was it was like a trampoline. Them. It was like
7: yeah.
4: it, 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 it was unbelievable. That one kid that actually in that series, in World Series, had like one hand. He could. He had a broken hand. And he kept hitting doubles off the wall. I was like, "Good night. We can't get these guys out." And uh, I'm, then, yeah. I think they beat Georgia in the championship series. They
6: those, did. Those California schools, man they they there's so much baseball talent out there. Yeah, it's no sick. Uh, they
1: uh, it's just kind I, of a different brand. Well, that team wasn't. They were swinging the bat. I mean, so.
6: yeah. That's why. That's why schools like like Southern Cows won more championships than anybody, and they've been yeah. in like a thirty year run. Yeah. You know? Rod Dado, what they they won like twelve in a row or something. Yeah, they were the UCLA basketball of their time, That's but never, uh, yeah it's never gonna uh, happen yeah. again. I don't know, well, the, man. I think the game about to win like 15 in a row. I got a good feeling. I'm
1: just the, the, the kid, um there's a kid who pitched, you probably remember him, who pitched for Oregon State when they won their back to back in 06, 07. Michael Stutes. He was a righty. Yeah. yeah. And when when Cisco got drafted by the Phillies um i took his truck to redding i can't remember what year that was it's probably it was like his second year in pro ball so maybe oh maybe a nine or 2010 and stootsy lived with him and um and i found that was a really like i got to know him you know up there just talked for a while and and it was an interesting conversation because he was talking about pitching in the pack 12 at the time. And and what type of teams I'd run up against and you know how you know just how he'd have to attack guys and 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 the little you know the little things they do out there, the hit and runs and the bunt yeah. for hits and all the crazy stuff, all the small ball stuff, and everybody's stealing bags and and he's like, now I'm in Pro Ball and it's like it's like the SEC. It's just right. power baseball. Right. And um I, I just remember having that conversation with him as a pitcher. It's really interesting to see that West Coast style, style if that's yeah. all you're used to, and then you get into the big leagues is something. You get, you get a
4: little bit of that West Coast style when you play Vanderbilt. Um, you, you know, it, there's a few teams, you know, Florida will use not much anymore, but back when I was in South Carolina, Florida would use a small ball game quite a bit. So when you played Florida and Vanderbilt, you feel like you were in a little bit of a West Coast game. Back in those days, um, now they try to bash you. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just a, it's a little bit of a different style. It's the same game, different style. They use the use the bunt and the hit and run and take and fake bunts and steals and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but at the end of the game, end of the day, those West Coast teams can really pitch, change speeds, throw strikes, um, keep you off balance, and you know the way they play is a, it's it's a it's a challenge to go up against them for sure. We had to do that in 2010 against UCLA, but I will say this about that 2010 College World Series. The best team we played that whole year, I think, was Coastal Carolina. And um, that, that 2010 Coastal team was incredible. And, we, and when we actually, everybody said, hey, when you won it, what do you think one of the main reasons you won it? Well, I was like, well, not to put down any of the teams in Omaha, because they were all good, um, but we just beat the best team that we played all year long and uh, at, at, in Myrtle Beach. and that Super Regional prepared us for great success um, because of the quality of the opponent. Man, I jumped
6: about three feet in the air when Christian Walker hit that home run down there. I was nervous because I was like, don't go. You can't go down. It's been a great season. Don't go down to Coastal. I was disappointed because I think y'all had Florida at home to win the SEC. Yeah. Hey, it it did not win it. Hey, it was a
4: rough stretch. We had lost lost two out of three at home to win the, the regular season. We went 0-2 at Hoover, and yep. that didn't break a sweat. So we had lost four or five. Then we'd come home to host a regional, and we're losing the first game to Bucknell. Yep. Uh, and then that's when the whole spirit stick started. And, and uh, and yeah, we came out of that rain delay losing five to one, and uh, we caught lightning <laughs> in the bottle, caught well, a bottle. Well,
1: I mean, ball. even the next night against the Citadel, like early yeah. on, because I th- they were throwing Wojo in that game. Yeah, they were
4: up three runs late. Um, uh, yeah, Wojo was on the mound. And I, I remember this like yesterday. We got first and second, and I believe two outs, actually down three. Uh, and they called a balk on Wojo. And I yep. think Marzilli was up if I remember right. And it immediately went from first and second. Still two outs. And they're still in the lead. But the balk was called, and it was a controversial call.
5: Yeah.
4: Second and third, the crowd got into it. You couldn't hear yourself think. Our uh, fans kind of willed us, and, and uh, Wojo, they kind of collapsed. And, uh, yeah. and and it was all because of the energy in the stadium. And, uh, yeah, you get energy in Founders Park like that with a super regional like we had that night. That was a regional game. But like we had against UConn, um, there's few atmospheres that can match that.
1: That, that. Kyle Jordan's still pissed about that balk call. I bring it up every chance I get. I'm like, <laughs> dude, it was it was a balk. He's like, it wasn't a freaking balk, man.
4: That's not a balk. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it was just one play. There were still two outs, you know, and uh, mm. and I think I think maybe the next pitch was it was so mad the ball went halfway up the screen. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah, it was. And then, and, then, and then the fans got into it, and it was all she wrote. I think Brady – didn't Brady have a big hit in there somewhere or Brady something? had one. Yeah, we had a bunch of so – I mean, it can <laughs> – we've seen a few avalanches in that park when the fans get in it, and it was an avalanche that, that, that night. That was, a, <laughs> that was a fun game to be a part of.
1: Seen some avalanches in that park, but on both ends, uh, I think the walk, not to, I, I want to ask you about Ty good and, and get some chin music stuff here in just a second, but that Walker home run that JC brought up that I can remember and I'm going back well over 30 years, but you could, there's probably a statement to be made out there by somebody who's a lot smarter than me. Maybe, maybe a Bobby Richardson or something. I don't know that that's the most important home run in Gamecock baseball history. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean uh, no doubt, um, probably. I mean, we – we. you know, the one thing that we probably didn't have a great um, – in that 2010 team, we weren't extremely deep in the start and pitching, and we went into that regional after we won the first one. We didn't want to go to game three, not because we didn't have belief in in our starter for game three, which probably would have been Jay Brown, but we we – it's a small park and Jay pitched to contact a lot and the wind was blowing out. So it was gonna and that, that was a powerful team. We wanted to win it in game two, but Matt Price had to empty he emptied a lot of gas out of the tank on game one, uh, to get us out of some of the jams and enable us to win that game. That was a people forget about that game, but we were oh man, we snatched victory from the jaws of defeat in that game as well. And then yeah. uh didn't have Matt. I mean, we still Christian hit the home run. We still had to get three outs. And uh and we, you know, Matt got hot and and and, and had enough in the tank to, to to get us three outs. But yeah, it was a big swing, man. I mean, but there were some great at bats prior to Walker. Um, you know, the famous conversation mm-hmm. that Ray had with Adrian Morales, and um, you know, wit wit. I mean, those are those are some great, great moments. Um, yeah, it's hard to maybe the greatest swing and biggest swing in Gamecock history. But if some of in the, some of those conversations leading up to that. I still get chills thinking about
1: them. Hey, trivia question, and you—I'm sure you know. JC and Phil, trivia question. Coach Tanner, won his one thousandth career. That's even crazy thing about one thousandth career game as a head coach. In April of 2010, Game Three at Vanderbilt, they won that. That was the they, they won that game, and won the series in Nashville. Who who was the winning the starting pitcher and winning pitcher in that game? Who, same person. Who who was the winning pitcher in that game?
4: Jay Brown.
6: That'd yeah. Jay, uh, well, I just I would have said Jay Brown simply because he said I would three. He pitched, a three. Masterpiece. He pitched masterpiece. Masterpiece. He's the three starter. I,
4: I think. Um, and I think when Merrifield hit the first pitch he saw out of the park, and that was all we needed. Um, first pitch <laughs> of the game. It's not first pitch of the game. It was the first at bat of the game. He hit a home run to lead off the game, and then um. We uh that was all we needed that night with Jay on the mound. It was and, uh, you know, unbelievable. Some of the uh, uh, story just pops up on me on that on that game. Vanderbilt had a reliever that was incredibly good that hadn't given up a run the whole season. This was late in the year, um, or pretty late. Um, and the guy had, I mean, he was the first team All American. The closure was incredible. He comes out and and nobody scored on him. And uh I think he came in to pinch hit Morales was up, and we had a runner on. Uh, a second, I was like, "Hey, this guy hadn't given up a run all year," and he goes. Morales looked at me. He said, "He's getting ready to give up one." And lo, lo and behold, first pitch. That Morales sees double off the wall. Looks at me. He said, "Told you. I told you." And uh, that's who. That's who that team was, though, man. They don't make
6: them like Morales anymore, man. man. They, that mm-hmm. guy. What a beauty! That guy was unbelievably awesome.
4: Yeah, I, I remember. If you'd have heard some of the conversations with Coach Tanner when Coach Tanner gave Adrian Morales the sack bump sign? Oh. Why you, why you give me butt? Why you give me bunt? I lead the team in RBI.
2: Bad move.
8: Bad move.
2: Coach Tanner would
4: be like, I'm giving you the bump because I've seen you hit the last two weeks. <laughs> no. But I, 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 was, I was sitting there hearing you. I was sitting there hearing you talk about Ty Good before I came on, and um, yeah. you know Ty yeah. Ty is a lot like Adrian in many in many aspects. Is uh, you know Coach Tenner used to always say, you know, Adrian Morales did not like to practice. I mean, he wasn't a great practice player. He wasn't great in fall scrimmages or when we scrimmaged. He was, you know, and and I always said, how do we how do we get Adrian Morales going? How do we get Adrian Morales going? And uh, Coach Tanner was like. I tell you how you schedule a game, and uh, and that was so true about Adrian, and and in many instances that's, that's that's how Ty Good is. He's at his best on game day.
1: Yeah, what he's he's um I mean, you're a long time college baseball head coach, as you well know. Two weeks into the year, you don't have near the answers that you want to have. Uh, and, and it just takes some time to figure it out and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier their' bullpen I think they kind of start they're starting to feel like they're getting some answers and Ty good I, he's gonna be a big one because I mean look what he did for you his whole career. I mean he can run out there I mean he can throw seven eight nine innings. he can throw 100 pitches he can throw 20 pitches. I mean how valuable is a guy like that and obviously with ty I mean you know him inside and out and what he's capable of just what he'll be able to bring to their to their club.
4: He can he can wear many hats. He can start if you need him to start. He can obviously pitch out of the bullpen. He actually closed for us a couple, a, a number of times, um, and did it did it very very well. Um, we brought him in relief against Texas um, at Patriots Point in one of the best environments I've ever seen at Patriots Point, and uh, I think he threw he almost a perfect inning. I think he threw ten pitches, nine strikes, punched out three, and was dominant. And uh, so the bigger the moment. Ty has a, has a tendency to, uh, you know, pitch so so well in those moments. And um, when the lights are brightest, Ty Good will be at his best, no doubt about that. And um, yeah, he'll he'll serve many hats. Very versatile, and that gives the that gives the coaches a lot of freedom um, because he could spot start, he could start in the middle of the week, he could close the game on the weekend. You, you know, those guys are invaluable.
1: All right. Uh, so chin music, we're we're still waiting on Jackie's episode, right?
4: Yeah, we had we had all kinds of crazy um, wireless and we're trying to work through it. It was a great conversation. I may have to redo it um, just because of uh, the wireless situation that we had there and the Wi-Fi situation. We had great conversation. I can't wait to post it. I think the Gamecock fans will love it. He Jackie loves his school, man. That's a, that was really, really cool. Um, The love that he has for Columbia and the time he spent in that baseball program and being a student there was that was really, really cool to talk to him about that, Um, as does all those kids. You know, but Jackie was, uh, you know, obviously Jackie not being from the state of South Carolina now calls that school his home. And that's kind of cool. And uh, the conversation was great. Um, We'll probably drop an episode next week. I'm looking forward uh, right now. I think we have Billy and Tommy Hall coming into the studio on Monday. Uh, we're going to talk about oh, the Steve Hall, Chop Hall's shop house and where the ideas started and the journey they went on uh, when they first started uh, on the on that end of King Street. Back in the day when everybody was telling them you can't start a restaurant in that area of King Street and they didn't listen to anybody and did it anyway. And, um, and obviously they were right. So I can't wait to talk to Tommy and Billy. Um, and we have some other Gamecock greats signed up. Uh, uh, to go on as well, both from a baseball standpoint and another, and some other sports as well. And um, uh, can't wait to share some of those conversations, but it's tough on me during the season too. Some of them, some of the episodes we might drop every week, every two weeks, sometimes we might drop two a month. Um, You know, I can't, I can't forget that my main job is to coach my team, Um, but but we do have guests coming in on off days and we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll, 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 we'll keep creating some great content and great conversation for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, Mike Morgan. Mike Morgan volunteered himself to come on um, be a oh. guest. I can't oh, wait. Of course, to course he did. Handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sounds about right. I'm sure. Hey, yeah. I volunteer
6: to come on too. Hey, come on, come on, come on. My wife I will is.
4: cook for us. You'll have a great hey. meal. <laughs> Maybe we'll cater halls and we'll have a great conversation. We'll put all oh my God.
6: Uh, mine would probably be, you'd probably prefer to PG 13 on that one or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen,
7: I'm not doing, I'm doing it at the wind jammer. We're not doing Who it We'll do
6: all. it there. Mike, <laughs> right. Mike, actually stage, does, have Mike yeah. does have some interesting stuff. I mean, cause he's been all over the sec and certainly is, is familiar with Carolina because of his time there. So Mike's, uh, Mike would be a great episode uh, yeah, in, in all seriousness. I think it'd be good.
4: We can't wait to have Mike on. We're going to have him uh, We're going to get a date. As soon as I get off today, I actually going to text him and see if we can schedule a date for next week or so to have him on. And I was kind of hoping he would be in the state of South Carolina. I love them when they come into my house and come into the studio. I think the conversation's a little, uh, yeah. more genuine. Oh, right yeah. And, uh, but, but at the same point in time, if we need to go ahead and if it's too far off where he makes it to our state, we'll, we'll have him on real quick. And, uh, can't wait to talk to Mike because you know we shared the bus together in 2009 um, when he was the voice of the Gamecock baseball team and shared great stories. And obviously, he knows Coach Tanner like the back of his hand. And we could tell some great Coach Tanner stories. And but I also want to talk to Mike about you know his experiences around the SEC, but also with the Braves and all he did in professional baseball and and now his journey in the NFL. I think it'd be a great conversation.
6: Oh yeah, it's fascinating. Sure. We we yeah. uh, I love. um I love hearing Mike's stories and it's, it's a good thing. And Mike can also, uh, Mike's got quite a Rolodex too, coach. So you may want to talk yeah, to no him, some other people. No he doubt. knows. Some other people he knows that may want to
4: do a little chin music. So yeah. that's, uh, can, that's always good. We've, uh, you know, we, we've put out a few, uh, requests to a few people. I'd say quote famous, you know, and, uh, we keep getting yeses and I, I, I'm so pumped up about it. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I maybe one of the best female coaches of all time has agreed to come on and uh, can't, can't wait to talk to her and may do it from right in her backyard. And uh, obviously we're going to have Mia ham on as well. Can't wait to have Mia. Um, uh, I want to have Michael Roth and Scott Wingo on at the same time. I think oh. that would be a unique conversation. And um, I've talked to, I've talked to Wingo. He's obviously in, um, can't wait to talk to Rother as well. Cause uh, man, those are two great game and, Man, we got great stories to share that I think the Gamecock folks would love. With that as well,
1: yeah, that would be that would be neat. Uh, I mean, you'd probably never get them off the air, but you can have them on. <laughs> you know, that'll be all right. <laughs> you know, I mean,
7: that'd be one of the easiest pods you you know record there. Coach. You, you wouldn't you have just, to do anything. You know, you just set yeah. it up and then just sit back. I'll, I'll,
4: yeah. I, I'll never ever forget michael roth when we told him he was getting the ball against clemson mm. and i'll just will never ever forget that and um we were we had run out of pitching and we didn't know at that point in time we didn't know who michael roth really was and uh he had just been a situational lefty up to that point and uh we didn't know we had the national pitcher of the year in our back pocket and uh at that time and you know he was the last one left and like all right michael you're getting the ball and he was sitting in his bed watching National Geographic, <laughs> scantily clad, I guess is the right way <laughs> <right of phrase. laughs> to And it. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Cali goes, hey, you got the ball tomorrow. And uh, he didn't bat an eye. He was more entranced in, his, in the show that he was watching. He said, okay, cool. And he just kept yeah. watching the show. <laughs> his heart rate didn't go up. He didn't. Like, oh, I'm getting the ball against Clemson? Nah. He just said, all right. Yeah, y- y'all leave <laughs> that was uh um he was one cool customer man you know he had i was
1: <clears throat> jay jay and i uh jay was one of my my roommates at that time and um and i'll never forget jay thought he would probably get the ball because he had talked to calvi about it as you well right. know and he was like i i think i'm gonna get the, i texted him i said are you gonna pitch tomorrow and he was like, "I think so, but I, we haven't heard anything because that didn't happen till like late at night, right? It was like it was midnight late. or something. Yes, it was late. And so the next morning, I I hadn't heard from Jay, so I called him, which probably would have been like maybe like seven or eight in the morning Omaha time. And I called him, and he said, he said, "Hey, what's up?" I said, "Um, I guess uh." I, you're starting or – I mean, I'm assuming you're starting. I just wanted to con, kind of confirm what's going on. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, they're going to start Roth. You know how Jay is. No, nah, no, nah, they're going to start Roth. I was like, they're going to start Michael Roth? And he said, yeah. I said, you you mean the same Michael Roth that's thrown about four innings this year? They're going to start that guy against Clemson? And he was like, yeah, man. I mean, it's, I, they say they got a good plan. I don't know. They, they, Tanner just told me to be ready.
4: I was Uh, like, yeah, it was, you know, conversations between us coaches at that time. And, you know, that Clemson lineup was very heavy left handed. And uh, and we had a feeling that Clemson's approach against Roth would be the righties try to use the other side of the field and try to be oppo. And uh, and we knew if that was their approach, it was a great matchup. Not only when their lefties came up, it was great for Roth. But if their righties were trying to hit the ball to right field. We knew it would be a great matchup because Roth goes against the, you know, against the playbook, so to speak, of how to approach a lefty because he pitches inside so much. So if you look at his velocity and he's 84, 86, you say, you know, hey, stay stay on it, don't pull off the ball, use the other side of the field, go up. Well, that's actually not the right approach against Roth. And we had a feeling, not only with their left-handed pitching. That they would try to use the other side of the field when their righties came up. And literally we're in the we're in the dugout, like the second right-handed hitter that came up, and we could tell what they were doing. And Calvi looked at me and goes, They're done. They're done. And uh Calvi was right. He was yeah, he was right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's exactly right, and so were so were Jay's chances of pitching in the college. <laughs> <laughs> Man,
4: I feel so bad for the kid. He was like, "Yeah, I told me to be ready." And There's not not a a better, hey, there was not a better teammate. There was not a better teammate and a better kid than Jay yeah. Brown. And yeah. uh, you know, I think Coach Tanner's quote after his thousandth win was, "If I had to pick a kid to pitch in the my thousandth win, I couldn't pick a better person than Jay Brown." And He's right about that. Jay was salt of the earth. What a great kid and teammate. Best, and, um,
1: best love, being, love being
4: in the dugout with that guy. Yep.
1: I, I Many of us owe Jay Brown, and Gamecock Baseball owes Jay Brown. No uh, I'll just leave it at that. And had for no, nothing or anything had to do on the field. <laughs> for making sure guys got to the field and, you know, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Jay Brown was the father figure. To everybody, and I got
4: some. I got some good content, not only for chin music, but I got some good content for a book one day. And uh, yeah, Jay would. Uh, Jay was the old soul of that team. Uh, yeah. I think he probably kept a number of guys out of trouble, made sure some guys showed up on time. He did. And, uh, but we, you know, you need a father figure in that locker room, in that clubhouse, and Jay was. Uh, he was the best at that. He shit. He was pretty damn good on the mound too. And, uh, yeah, what Before he
1: got hurt, he yeah. was. Uh, he was almost unhittable. I yeah. mean. Yeah, I'd and never pitched seen some,
4: it. Pitched in some great moments, pitched in some big moments for us. And uh, the guy, thing I think about Jay is what an old, you know, you, 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 sometimes you feel like I got a kid on my team right now, I might like go in the first round and Cole Mathis. And Cole, I feel like I, every time I talk to him, I'm talking to like a 35 or 40-year-old. And uh, when Jay was in college, I felt like I was talking to my dad in many ways. That's just uh, how mature I felt. You know, just the maturity level that he had at that time was uh, was something that team needed.
1: Well, he was starting to get gray hair back then, so it all (laughs) kind of worked out. Um, All right, uh, 4 o'clock Friday at Patriots Point, Youngstown State. will be here for a three-game set, and then the Cougs will be off until Thursday of next week, the final day of February, the 29th. Remember, there's 29 days this year in February when the Nebraska Cornhuskers come to town. So if you're looking for baseball and you're in the low country or coming to the low country, you've got, uh, got seven chances to see them. Uh, through early March, but it, we'll have Coach Holbrook on again next week and remind you about the Huskers, uh, most importantly, Friday 4 o'clock, Saturday 2, Sunday at 1 uh, over at, uh, at Patriots Point. Hey, man, great to see you as always, uh, and I uh, really appreciate all the people love you coming on and just telling stories and having fun, and, and we sure well, do too.
4: Well, I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, my time – uh, with the Gamecocks was something I treasured, well treasure to the end of my life, and treasure every day. And uh, I love, I love talking ball, I love talking music, and um, I can't wait to continue the conversation, the platform that you've given us with Tim Music and uh, some fascinating conversations in front of us. I Can't wait.
1: Yeah, we can't wait either. gym Music is available, of course, on the free Chief Sports app. Give, uh, give Miss, give Miss Jen
4: a big hug for us.
1: I will. Thank y'all so
4: much. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Thanks coach. coach. Thank you.
1: We are uh, six minutes past due. That is all on me, boys. Matt, I apologize. The anthem is do what?
7: Well, I could have You're supposed to be the, the air the traffic, traffic controller, man. What are you that that, that not... one's on me. You're I, not pushing. Have... You're not pushing struck up the band.
1: Hey, yeah. there's, there's 10. sometimes, you know, I'd rather coach Holbrook just tell his stories and, Oh, then, uh, you yeah, know, that's okay.
6: I need to ask him about, cause interesting Nebraska is going there. I need to ask him cause you know, like Northern teams, like Kingston was telling us about Illinois state the other day. They're always looking for Southern games. Mm-hmm. I would imagine given the popularity of Charleston across the country, he gets probably quite a few calls. Hey, from, mm-hmm. from colder weather schools, probably some big name schools that want to yeah. come take a trip down and play the Cougs. So I'm, I'm wondering like, uh, I'm wondering if he's turned down maybe some, uh, some you know just because you don't want to get you don't want it to be ridiculous you know <laughs> yeah your your schedule but uh, I wonder I wonder just how much is it like football where people are trying to kind of work the game I, I don't know I, but uh, that hit me but we didn't have time to get to it but I'll get to it next time
1: yeah he he gets them and I can tell you Tony gets them too I know Michigan State yeah. was uh, down last year playing the College of Charleston and um, I think Virginia Tech came down. God.
6: I'd play them all for play for all three of them. Does Shoot, Charles I remember they have a baseball stadium two years Southern. ago. Charleston Southern, yeah, yeah, they're they're out, there, out there, they're on their campus. Yeah. I'd play all three of them, how
1: we... yeah. Well, Texas did that a couple years ago. Remember, they made the made their rounds down here, they beat the Citadel. I think, I don't know if they played CSU or not. College Charleston beat them, and then they went to Columbia and Game Cox, so. the
6: Gamecocks. Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah I got them. I'd roll right on up and go play at Coastal, too, and um, and uh, Ori, Flodar, Tech, and then whoever well, else wants to play me. I'd, I'd have a nice little a nice little, little, uh, tour of South Carolina if I were <laughs> Michigan State.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, 60 we'll and
6: sunny it. here today,
1: boys. Though, oh, a, yeah, compared to East, 60 Lane, and sunny here, yes. Uh, hang tight. Matt Anderson up next on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's 2024, and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year.
3: Sandwiches Every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297
1: Rescues and Resin proud supporters of Carolina Rise They are also proud partners of the show They make products you can't get anywhere else Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate Make your home or make anything stand out Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
6: Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here.
1: line of barbecue proudly served at Founders Park this baseball season. As of yesterday, if you haven't been to Founders Park this season, we hope you'll get there. And when you do, you'll be able to find Billy G's down the right field line towards the play area. If any of you, if that gives you an idea of where they're set up, they had their food truck out there yesterday and that will generally be the setup unless it's scheduled to go somewhere else. They could have the tent or whatever they need to do but billy g's carolina barbecue now the official barbecue of gamecock baseball and they also of course are the official barbecue of inside the gamecocks the show billy g's carolina barbecue.com if you need catering for any event at all that's where you want to go if you just need the sauce and the secret spice rub carolina barbecue sauce.com you can order it online and it will be sent to your doorstep. We're bringing Matt Anderson to your doorstep right now or in your radio or on your TV or however you're consuming our content for the next couple of hours. It is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, February the 21st. Matt, we will get to some hoops in a little bit. We're, we're, gonna, we're actually going to start with some football today because uh, McGranahan put a column up this morning on the Big Spur. Uh, about a rearranging of sorts for the future schedules of uh, South Carolina football. And it centered around a game that was scheduled to be played in 2027 with East Carolina in Columbia that's now been backed up to which what is presumably the opening weekend of college football in 2030, for those of you that will still be alive uh september the 7th (laughs) so what's interesting though is that uh now now that that game is out of 2027 and this game was supposed to be played in 2020 but covid hit and they had to of course redo all the stuff what's interesting about that now is that for carolina football all the way through 2037 again for those that will be alive at that point There are no more than three non-conference games scheduled, including Clemson. And so it does seem, guys, that um, the Gamecocks are preparing for a nine-game league schedule. Now, I went through and checked. Not all SEC schedules are free of four, you know, more than three non-conference games, which, of course, would be four. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, Kentucky's trying to figure out how to sc- put the school of the deaf, dub, dumb, and blind in there as opposed to playing, you know, oh, we've got Towson. That's going to be too difficult. We're going to have to get the school of the deaf in here. Um, so, you know. Hey, let's just, let's those just guys
6: it. are pretty good at football, man.
1: Well, they are. They are. They are. And uh, and hope, I hope they beat. Buffalo's
7: them. on your schedule. You probably hey, need to reschedule that with if, Coach Limbo. Up there. <laughs> I, my well, my,
6: my, my churchly J.C. career, we played the South Carolina School for the Deaf and Blind, and we played them in middle school in football too. And they don't don't knock it, man.
8: That that's that's where all your that's where all your middle school stats come from, JC. So. But here's the thing: if any
1: if any of you have been to Kroger Field in Lexington and JC, I know you have recently. And I was up there a couple of years ago. It completely sucks, but yeah, you'd rather you'd rather be deaf. I promise you. No because, kidding. I mean, it's a joke. What it's a it's a rap concert for four quarters, and 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 they blared as loud as they can, and it's just insane how they do it. But so, but you know, back on point here: so 2024, there are four non cons: ODU, Akron, Walford, and then on the road at Clemson. And then beginning in 2025, uh, just three. So it does look like, so there's a couple of angles on this. I'm going to, we'll go down this road first, and then I'll come back to the next one here in just a moment, guys. And and uh, Matt, we'll, we'll let you kind of start first because you, you just joined us here. Um, but it certainly looks like uh, South Carolina football is preparing for a nine game league
8: schedule. Yeah. I think that you. Know, that's the way the SEC seems to want to go. Uh, you know, is that going to be best for South Carolina going forward. Well, you're in the conference you're in. And if they decide to do that, that's the schedule you're playing. I think that, you know, pushing this and putting it down to 2030 is the right move for South Carolina. I think that, you know, if you can keep an East Carolina off your schedule and you're already playing the Texases and Oklahomas and LSUs and Alabamas and, you know, the entire SEC, I think that it's what a lot of Gamecock fans have been asking for, get these kind of, you know, mid-tier Non-conference games off the schedule and play the cupcakes while you can.
1: Well, they're not. Here's the thing, though. They're not going to be doing that. That's the other side of this. That's the other side of this Unless, unless there is some rearranging of of scheduling. But over the last four or five years, they've been scheduling these big time home and homes. Now next year, you've got the neutral site in Atlanta against VaTech, but that's not a home game. It's a it's a neutral site game. So including that one, all uh, for eight straight years. In addition to, if that's where it goes, a nine-game league schedule, and remember, just, a, what, maybe a week ago, Chris Del Conte in in, um, in Austin reported that this is where things seem to be going, nine-game league schedule in the SEC. So, s- specifically for South Carolina, including Clemson, guys, nine-game league schedule, and then starting in 2025, they will have two Power Five opponents on, ev- on every schedule through 2031 and through 2032 which would be 8 years, 8 consecutive seasons they'll have a power five road game including the neutral site against Virginia Tech. So to name them here, Virginia Tech, JC in 2026 they go to Clemson, 2027 they go to Miami, 2028 they go to Clemson, 2029 Chapel Hill, 2030 Clemson, 31 NC State, 32 Clemson I, I mean just it, it, get used to it right like I mean you, can you really like how shallow is it now as a fan to look at the South Carolina football schedule oh, oh god well I tell you what JC Matt y'all better sit down the, the schedule just came out for next year do you see how difficult it is you're going to be saying that every year I wouldn't get too amped up over it it's going to be this way every year yeah. Carolina's not doing anything that doesn't make
6: sense. Uh, you know, I, I, the only time I've, cause look, man, it, it's like, do you like garnet or black? What helmets do you like? What uniforms do you mm-hmm. like? Uh, you know, you'll ask half the fan base and they'll say one thing, half will say the other. It's a preference. Uh, I think rather than a, uh, any kind of strategery because a few years ago, people started bitching about not playing anybody. Oh, no, I don't want to yeah. go play, see play UMass. But we need to schedule up. And and, and Tanner and, and the administration heard that from a lot of people. And just like a lot of SEC programs started doing when, when the playoff expansion was coming and we were in the playoff era, they started scheduling up They're Like uh, and, and they almost had a home and home in West Virginia yeah that was that was about I, to, to happen i and, wish they did man oh, out of been country, country i want to take that trip yeah. oh yeah man that's uh that's something else then, would be fun yeah. yeah a lot of fun and and you know uh carolina you know play, has played them sporadically through the years and, and stuff two bowl games against those guys but uh you know where, where i where where the schedulings when when it whenever it's bothered me it was during the Hyman era when Frankly, they scheduled some games that make no sense, like at UCF. Why why are you going to UCF? That that game Beamer had to play at East Carolina was scheduled during that time. It just kept mm-hmm. getting pushed back. Um, playing Navy at home, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, 2011, the 2011 team had to play Navy at home. Marcus, Marcus carried it about 50 times that game. did um, And
1: escape, they do dude?
7: a home-and-home home with App State, too? That well, were- yeah, that, that's, that's where I was going. Game out. Yeah, that
1: game's still on. <laughs> it's 20. Uh, it to 20, week. 20 Raise your hand if you don't think that that game will be canceled. No way, no, no yeah, way, no way that, 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 that they're game. making a the trip play to Boone. No. <laughs>
8: You know, I'll be almost
6: (laughs) sixty. I'll be almost sixty years old, and I I remember when they scheduled. I'm like, "How are we fitting everybody into that stadium?" Because Boone is just a hop, skip. I mean, it's an easy road trip uh, for most points in South Carolina, especially the upstate. I mean, do they have enough hotels? How are they going to? I mean, you know, it's a little bit different hosting North Carolina and and their. Traveling football fans and hosting South Carolina. I mean, one of these things not like no offense to UNC, but we saw that in Charlotte. You know, um, you're not going to get totally overwhelmed with the Tar Heels in town, but the Gamecocks, you probably will. And I just uh, they'll probably expand by then. But you know, I think South Carolina. It, it made sense. I mean, and I think because the Gamecocks lost the North Carolina game this year, uh, and and it would have been had they had like a UMass or somebody on the schedule. Uh, I got UMass on my brain today because I watched Frank Martin's team play last night on TV, uh, and they won, um, I think. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it it would have been not – you'd have gotten to a bowl. There's the difference between not going to bowl and going to a bowl. So, like, why would you schedule that? It's stupid. I I just don't – I don't think anybody schedules that way. And, and I, I don't think South Carolina's scheduling's stupid. I think when you do – talk about 9 SEC games, it does get a little dicey and it'll be interesting to see kind of what the trend is around the league uh in terms of like Alabama, do they get out of some of these I mean Alabama scheduled they the crap out of this team. So so, so Georgia.
1: Georgia's yeah. got a year where they're on the road or no. There's a year I think where they welcome like both Ohio State and Notre Dame to Tuscaloosa in the same season.
6: But, I mean, and, like, Missouri schedules, makes no, they make no sense. I mean, this year, they got to go. They're going at UMass.
5: Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Missouri,
6: 2025, the Tiger, Mighty Tigers are taking their, their – Kansas is back on the schedule. But they're taking their game to Oxford, Ohio, and play the Red Hawks. Uh, in 2026, they're at Kansas and at Illinois, twenty which makes sense. But then in 2027, they're at San Diego State. 2029, Missouri goes to Northern Illinois, well, 2031, they go to Florida Atlantic 2030, North at North Texas. That would piss me off. Okay. You if know, I were, if South Carolina were going making road trips to G five schools, that would piss me off. I don't have a problem playing North Carolina NC State.
1: I so all right. I'm so I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Because like you don't what do you have to gain by winning that game, right? Nothing. You you only have things to but so there's but you can have the conversation differently, too. Like, I I will admit this. I have zero respect for Kentucky football. None. And here's why. 2024, Southern Miss, Ohio, Murray State. 2025, Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Tennessee Tech. 2026, Akron, Youngstown State, South Alabama. Oh, South Alabama. Good job. Uh, 2027, Toledo, Murray State, and Ball State. 2028, oh, oh, hey somebody hold the phones they're headed to Toledo and then they've got Kent State and Eastern Illinois I mean like so I I'm not sure like I'm not one of these big like well it all needs to be fair guys like you still you know what I mean like I mean I understand why Kentucky schedules that way versus why Alabama schedules Notre Dame and Ohio State because Notre Dame and I mean Alabama can beat those teams Pretty much Kentucky can, and it would probably ruin their chances at a bowl game, which is very similar to South Carolina, but the Gamecocks have scheduled those opponents. So, like, do we anticipate ever with with where this is going? It's going to a nine-game league schedule, right? Everybody understands that. Mm -hmm. So will Kentucky teams like that, will they start to – schedule will something come along in this new age of college football which is going to come one day when the big 10 and the sec get all this ironed out and people have to fall in line are they going to force you to schedule differently will south carolina try to back out of maybe one of these or two of these home and homes with power fives i mean does anybody really feel like the future schedules that are that are here are actually set in stone is one better than the other i don't even know how to have a conversation well i'll tell you this Matt, I mean,
6: there's Matt. There's no way they're gonna, they wouldn't back out of the Chick fil A game in 2025. And and, and in 2025, 2025 is still going to be an eight game conference schedule, according to what the Texas AD said. They're just gonna, they're gonna kind of flip it. Uh, In fact, I think Carolina will probably play the same eight teams. Just like Oklahoma and Alabama will come to South Carolina in 2025. they
1: They still need one. Then the Gamecocks do.
6: Yeah, like they need a non-con next year in
8: 2025. But I mean, but the rest of them, Matt, I don't know. I was looking you know, forward JC, to going I would to just say, Miami. You know, look at this. Look, look at this, JC, and and you know everybody here. I think at the end of the day, just look four years in advance. Like, just live in a four-year window going forward, because so much is going to change in the next four years. I mean, JC, how long? And JB, you might know this too, Phil. I mean. You probably know it as well, but like, how long is the next college football playoff going to be in place? I mean, they extended to like a twenty thirty two or something like that. Thirty, I thought it was. Is it thirty two? I thought it was thirty six. Am I wrong?
1: No. Okay.
6: that's the ACC. That's the ACC.
8: That's
6: that's
1: that's the next.
6: That's the next contractor. That's not this one. This one's out in twenty twenty five. And right. Okay. They got to, they, they're working on the new one, uh, so, yeah. so to speak. And, so I
8: and, think and it's not a coincidence. Seven or eight years. Yeah. I think yeah, 16, it's not 18. a coincidence. The SEC and Big Ten are doing what they're doing right now, right? It's not a coincidence. So, like, even like this whole contract they're trying to iron out right now, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to have a lot of say in what actually happens with this contract. So, look four years in advance and don't look past that. It's my thing at this point because we don't know what's going to happen. in they know a lot better than we do and you see South Carolina making a move like this with like that 2030 game getting pushed out that's never going to get played it's going to be a situation where all this stuff you have enough money you have enough attorneys you can get out of anything you want so just look four years in advance
1: yeah you'll you'll buy it out oh you definitely you'll definitely buy that the App State game is not getting played so I'm for those looking to go to Boone, you'll just have to pick another time and take your family up there because they're not playing that game in 2033. I'm going to
6: take uh, the senior bus up there, Jamie, and we're going to be old. And all of us going to be getting on that <laughs> damn bus going up the mountain. Let's go to the mountains of craft. We're going to go to a craft show and watch the game, gux. <laughs> Place Play some Jim Rummy. Jim Rummy. Jamie, remember that time you said this game wasn't going to get played? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll bust out, I'll bust out the could. tape. We'll have a good cry about how young we used to look and, uh, and get up there for the senior special. <laughs>
8: <laughs> oh, nice. you still take a hit? <laughs> right. yeah,
1: I'll, I'll listen, have to put my yeah, teeth in to respond. Matt, how old are you going to be in 2033? Let's see. I'm 35 now, so... Forty one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll be. Well, no. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's right. No, that's nine years, dude. <laughs> you're off. 90, 30?
8: thirty. You'll I'll be forty four.
1: <laughs> you said you're thirty five. Thirty <laughs> five.
8: Thirty five plus 35. six is forty one. <laughs> no, twenty thirty three <laughs> right. is nine years 20, 30, away. 30. No, I, was, no, I, was, I was doing twenty so, thirty. My bad. You, you still won't be my
7: age. You'll still be the 44. Thing, this is the guy we trust hey, with analytics see, and numbers. I got news for you. <laughs>
1: He's he's never he's never going to catch your age. When you're when you're older than somebody, you'll always be older than them.
6: Man, that sucks. You are until you're not. Yeah, you know, the hot solo. Somebody freeze me until Matt catches up. <laughs>
8: Austin Powers, JC.
6: <laughs>
8: oh yes.
6: <laughs> so
1: <Are laughs>
6: cryogenically think,
1: frozen. Do you think the SEC? Like, do you, they're talking about the nine game. Is there, do you think there's any chance
8: that the league entertains 10? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to go to 10. I think it's going to be screw the rest because there's going to be, uh, when I say screw the rest, I mean, no non-conference games. I think it's going to be eventually 10 games in a long playoff system. And that's where I think it's going to go.
6: Uh, which brings me to the group of five and my rant. um, that
1: that's where it separates it, right?
6: I, well, I don't know. I mean, there's going to like, like, okay. So I, I think Chip Kelly hit the nail on the head. 64 is probably about the right number for the top level of football. So you're going to probably have a couple of G fives coming up, you know, uh, and all that, um, I wouldn't mind it if the whole Mountain West was included because I think there's a lot of big state universities out there and you could kind of rebuild your major college football brand out there on the backs of those schools, but nobody listens to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants the Wyoming Cowboy TV numbers, I guess, but that's fine. Uh, You know, so I I think, I think, will it be big 10 and SEC essentially? Uh, And I think they'll end up breaking the sport off of the rest of major college athletics um, and playing you know, you you'll play. In other words, your division teams, and you'll rotate a handful of other teams, and then I think they'll just because of the money that some of these give me games pour back into FCS and G five. You'll still play some of those, but um, it'll be a lot more structured than we're used to seeing. Um, you know, around college football, but also probably will allow local rivalries to thrive, and and at the same time if you don't leave it up to the individual schools and conferences, which you do dingy, selfish things all the time, if you just rotate the schedule, in other words, this, all right. So this is the year South Carolina plays the teams from the Northwest part of the country. All right. So we got Washington state and Oregon on the schedule this year, you know, you go to Corvette and you you kind of rotate around. So you end up playing everybody. Uh, And so you kind of keep those intriguing. Oh, wow. Wow. These teams are playing this year kind of matchups. Um, And I think they'll do that, but you know, group of five, I I, and I started thinking about this because Sean the Sean Elliott thing and all that that has to be the sh- sh- crappiest level of football that exists, and I'll tell you why. What are they playing for? Nothing. A chance to go get their brains beat in.
5: You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean
6: seriously. Th- think about this. Think about those schools, man. I, and they did it to themselves because because I, I saw Jamie Chadwell. Uh, going off about losing a player to LSU over money. And, oh, my God. No, well, well, okay, well, we get it. I get it. I understand. But why? as a player, why money aside, why would you stay in group of five? I mean, there there's nothing to play for but the Camellia Bowl. Nothing. And, and it's a shame because pro, proud programs, like we went through the whole Sun Belt yesterday, App State, James Madison, all these. All these teams have won championships, national. And now they don't have anything to play for. And, and and they're getting paid, yes, the money's coming in the coffers. But, but why do they really exist? Practice—they're like practice dummies, and, and I don't—I don't get it. I think
1: uh, you know, as opposed
6: to FCS, right, well, when you, you well,
1: can still go to the playoff and win a national championship. Let, let me let me ask you this. Let me cut. Let me cut through this real quick. Roll that. Yeah. In your mind, could the group of five? Because there, there are many people out there that advocate for their own playoff, and I understand that. I'm not. I don't know if I'm one of them yet or not. I'm, I'm looking for someone to convince me. So if they could have their own playoff, is it still feasible to be able to schedule our five opponents? Yes. Okay. Well, then that would make sense. I mean, because they did, that's what happens now with the FCS. They have their own playoff, but the Citadel can walk up into Columbia and beat the Gamecocks every 30 years. Yeah, I mean, no, you still play
6: the, you still play each other in the regular season. You just, I mean, you know, group of five. Now, I, I, I literally was sitting there and I was like, you know, you guys kind of did it to yourselves because you don't really have the financial resources to compete at this level. You're just getting paid, and a paycheck, and you have no chance for a championship outside of your own conferences. I mean, I mean, yeah, in theory you do, but you Ooh. you're never going to be able to put together a roster that's going to advance any further than the occasional miracle upset. I mean, I just, I, I think they need their own playoff. And, and and I think you have a lot of bowls that are G5 versus G5. I mean, how many bowls out there are like the Mountain West four versus the Sun Belt three and things like that? Oh, yeah. Well, well, why not make, you know, hey, let's line it up in the Camellia Bowl, baby. Let's have a well, semi down in Montgomery. Woo, let's make it a semi. So- Yeah, but I
1: mean, like, I I get it, wanting to keep the bowl system. Sure. I'm a bowl fan. I'm a fan of bowls, but eventually that's going to wash away, too, Yeah, because you're going to have to go to a playoff like the other two divisions.
6: Yeah, I'm keeping the bowls. Uh, I'm just taking, I'm maybe having a a 14 group of five playoff, because there's really four leagues, if you want to be honest. Uh, Or or maybe, maybe an eight. I don't know. I, I would probably wouldn't make it like the 16, but. I mean, every other level of football, high school included, you know, you look at high school football, how do they determine who's in what region and, and, and classification? Student body, resources, you know, every other level of football is allocated according to resources and you compete for the championships uh, according to the level you're at, you know, and, but not, not in G5. I mean, they, they, they're, they're, they're tackling dummies. I mean, they're not, you know, they're just there getting their 20%. And we've talked
8: about this on the show before. I kind of wonder, and JC, I'd like to get your take on this. Um, You know, I'm just doing some quick numbers here. You know, Chip Kelly said, you know, 64 might be the magic number. Well, let's say it's 48. You have 48 teams that are worthy of being, you know, let's say SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12. You know, 48 teams in college football. You do something like JC said earlier, and you have six conference opponents that maybe is your division inside your conference, whatever. Then you have three other power five teams that are around the country. And, you know, there's two other, you know, two other conferences, however you want to break it up. And then you have three G five and then that's 12 games. And then you have, but I still think like after you know, 10, 12 games, there's going to have to be that March madness tile style tournament. And I don't know how you, you make it work. Outside of it, I still think a great thing we talked about this a, months ago is just keep it the way it is right now and then have like an NIT of you know, the teams that don't make the top 16 in the college football playoff. But, you know, the way that the money is being passed around the way they want to consolidate leagues, I don't think it's possible.
6: I think with bowl games, you just I think at that point, if you go to that, that format, Matt, I think every, everybody just gets a You're going if you don't make the playoff, you just get to get a bowl. Everybody goes. um and it, there's a quick and easy way to solve the opt-out issue. Is uh these bowl games are all based on sponsorships anyway, T V dollars and money. You just cut the guys a check. Well, I agree with that. Just like just like the team gets a check for playing the bowl games, cut them a check.
5: They'll I mean, play.
1: Most of them will play, I promise. Either that um, or either that or don't cut them a check. As in like, nah, you ain't getting your NIL until you fulfill your your like you can't get to the NFL playoffs and go nope my contract says that I don't have to play the regular season I don't play wild card game who cares about the wild card game now so the, what the, what don't you want you know I, I've decided <laughs> to opt out I'm i got a condo this is my contract here I'm opting out okay well then you don't get paid that's how it works that's what contracts are all about there bub well yeah you know that's I mean? see that was, yeah I wish it were that
6: way jimmy but that's see that's the way that ncaa screwed it all up because that's pay for play yeah but thank you can't, god you, you can require
1: you require them to be the sangster Here he comes.
6: In, you can require them to be enrolled in a student athlete and on the team, but you can't require them to play.
8: The way yeah. you get around that, and I don't they know, like change, contractual man. stuff, but That'll I remember like when Wesley Saunders was in the NFL. Like he explained to me how hard people want to get to that active game day roster because if you don't, if you're not on the active roster, you don't actually get your full contract value for that week. So, like, players would shoot up, whatever. It didn't matter. They were going to be on the active roster on Sunday, whether they played or not, to get that game check. But if you were on the practice squad, you might make $4,000 that week as opposed to, you know, some of these major contracts in the NFL. So maybe, you know, you have a – No, JC, really quick. I just want to say this. Tell me what you think if it's even realistic. But, you know, you have the Juice situation this year. All right, Juice, you're not playing. Guess what? (laughs) you're making practice squad money this week and next week and the following week. I don't know if it's feasible how you do it, but that was the motivation to play and be active. You could, and you could actually get, you could thread the
6: needle on that. But the problem is this gets back to another fun thing about covering college football. And I'm not bitching. I could be working for a living. I mean, I really could. I could be dealing with a sewer pipe like my buddy. Uh, he cuts. Down, he has to cut down a tree. You know, this dude was big. with us. last night. So, got to get up tomorrow morning and get the chainsaw after this big oak tree. I could be doing that instead of talking to you guys. So I'm not complaining. However, college coaches don't disclose injuries, <laughs> so you never know who's active and who's not. And they have big tents that hide everything from you. So, how if you're a collective and you have or, or you have a contract with a guy that? It, it, it's kind of hard to determine. And then you're getting really close to pay for play at that point. That said. When you're talking about what the, the true NIL is, your NIL value as a marketing tool for whoever whatever business is significantly more valuable the more you play because that's why you're valuable is because you're a player. So I, it, it would be a very interesting needle. to Very interesting. And I like that idea. Sir.
1: We got to hit a timeout here. It's 1240. More on this topic when we return. Powered by Electric Bikes Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. The weather's heating up. Get out and ride around. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We'll be right back.
9: Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other Bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County so much of this whiskey was being made in that bourbon county put on ships and barges and shipped down ohio down the mississippi and got to new orleans where it got distributed all over the world and people kept saying well hey i want some more of that whiskey from bourbon county and so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name and chicken cock originated actually in paris kentucky which is today bourbon county
6: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271. Colwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
1: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia and go Gamecocks!
2: State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
8: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
5: Touchdown, Brewer! Set up the screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15,
3: 10, 5, touchdown, Brewer! His second of the day!
9: Pitches it to Brewer.
3: Turns
5: to Touchdown,
7: number
3: three the hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does For everybody else, whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience and service, second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise and it's done on time and they do it right the first time again you're not going to do any better than ryan brewer ryan brewer fence the website is ryanbrewer.net set up an appointment today tell them mike sent you
6: my company is billy g's carolina barbecue we are based in columbia south carolina and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub I mean, when
9: people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any
7: type of food.
6: It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
1: Oh man, the building is on fire. Emergencies and accidents happen. When you're in the middle of a fire or water event, all you want is for things to return to normal as soon as possible. Resto Pros of the Midlands is with you, guiding you through the process and working with you to get your home or office back in working order. They'll answer your questions, discuss procedures, and can act as your advocate when it comes to processing your insurance claim. RestoprosMidlandsSC.com. Open 24-7 when you need them. Quality that is guaranteed.
2: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
8: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your Personal Price Plan today.
5: Coop, <laughs> foul, Nothing called, drive. Bounces down low. <laughs> Meachie will drive. In the corner. Way. Cooper for three. You it's up. Meachie from 30
6: feet. Got it. A dominating performance at home, home by South
5: Carolina. Story. They don't just beat they Kentucky. Know. They punch you Kentucky know. in the mouth tonight, folks. And the number 16 in the nation will go down, and they will go down hard.
1: I love that. that think R.I.P. Think Toby. Hey, Toby. So sad,
6: I'm so fired up today. I'm just in a giddy mood. This good stuff. Yeah, so sometimes I'm not happy, you know. I mean, I'm always happy. Like I'm not like depressed, but I I'm just like yeah, yeah, I love everybody. It's just such a good day.
8: I it's 60, 60 degrees and sunny today <laughs> oh, out here
6: windy. in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it's like the not for bingo last night, it would be beer outside day to day when I got off, but I can't double up like that. I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, by the way, Phil, I've got some mail coming to you. And mail I fully, I fully <laughs> expect that to be in your background <laughs> as soon as that comes uh, arrives at the Chateau Mullinax.
1: Don't you? That's my background. Yes, yeah. Anybody want one of the most bad a Carolina Gamecock baseball hoodies of all time? Probably <laughs> the best one of all time. I mean, Gamecock traditions—that's where you get them. I think so that's so that's knows.
6: it's on my shop. I'm coming into town here soon, so that's Dude, on my shopping
1: list. Baller. I don't by. even I think, think King. Of I asked King the other day. I don't even think King has this one. King gives me a sleeveless one when I can show, show off my guns.
6: Yeah. Of course, uh, I, I, I saw that picture I took that day at your cousin's house uh, with my sleeveless mm-hmm. on. My gun show it, it needs some work. So, Before, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna even bother anybody about it until I I, I, I can put a better presentation on.
8: <laughs> JC, I gotta say, on opening day, I was I was watching the show, and I loved your tuxedo shirt. We need to get a gamecock pullover that's a tuxedo shirt for JC to wear on opening day going forward, <laughs> or just a garden and black tuxedo, like a real
6: one. I, you know, I I, I, was, scramb- I was I was kind of scrambling. Amazon got would get it to me the next day, and I tried to send one to Phil, but I guess Amazon in South Carolina is a little slower down there, right? You know, I guess the tuxedo t-shirts are located here, so it wouldn't have gotten into them in time, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just always will remember that that major league two, you know, they're all happy and they come back, and then the next they hit a losing streak. And say, you know, euchre's got a wife beater on and a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> He's like, Take you know? I just, I just love that because the, the emotion, hey, you know, dynamite drop in money, those broadcast lessons are paid off. Jack Parkman at the plate, you know, <laughs> and then, and it was opening day. So I kind of like, Yeah, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And it, um, of course, that was a special, special show. I mean, by the way, you guys can go back and see it. All the interviews, commercial-free, on the playlist on the YouTube channel. We got all of them up there, except Will Crows because his video stuck. I guess uh, it didn't like the kangaroo I put uh, in the in the little thumbnail.
1: Oh no! Yes,
6: yeah, so I got to go redo that one. But it's uh, it's all they're all up there, Tanner, and they're timeless. They're they're basically just walks down memory lane. There's very little uh, preview in this year's team. I, I think Stuart and Derek did a little of that, but and mostly in, in Kingston, you know. But uh, most of it was just. Hey, you know, Justin smoke, uh, his interview
1: was probably the best smoke interview we've had. Oh, Just, no. Oh, wait, you don't, you, 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 you can't know, do us. that. Don't do that. Oh, no. If he even hears that, he already texted me that night and said, I gave you F and gold today. He said, did. I've interviewed everybody on the planet. You didn't give me blank dude no
6: because i've cut it up into some some youtube shorts and some instagram reels and they're getting like amazing views like just his little knowledge the knowledge he drops the knowledge we seek is the knowledge justin has of of course i'm about to cut up all the tanners now and so it'll probably get a lot more than just
8: well well, speaking of coach tanner i saw him the other day and um was talking to coach and i said man i'm really loving this chin music podcast you know with. Whit Merrifield is on there telling all your secrets. And he said, they're all lies. <laughs> and it they're cracked me lies. up. <laughs> he said, they're Sounds a bunch exactly. of liars. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh, he can yeah. say that because I can assure you this. Nobody has the balls to call him one. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Tanner, yeah,
6: exactly. he's loving life right now. Everybody's winning. I
1: mean, yeah. You corrected me the other day.
6: Uh, football, um football did have a great season, and that kind of puts a damper on everything. But but at the same time, you know, I think most fans are pretty fired up about the new hires and the new players they got. And you know, it's one bump in the road for Beamer. Beamer overachieved his first two years, I thought. Um, to a certain extent. I'll never forgive Marcus Satterfield for 2022, though. I'll just never because you saw at the
8: end. All of us were hundred percent right about what the problem was.
1: Jesse, Everybody. You, didn't
8: like, you didn't like 68 plays getting put in during the walkthrough. That, that wasn't no, cool with you. I hated it. And most of them runs up the middle when he actually got Hold in the on. Game.
1: Hold on just a second. I'm trying to figure out how that name just got brought up again. What, what was the point of what did he have, have to, to do with this baseball opening day conversation again? <laughs> What uh, did I
7: miss? Well, no, yeah, yeah. Here's,
6: a, athletic here's athletic another
1: belt. one, by the way. This is my other favorite hoodie from Gamecock Traditions. I wanted to put that up there too. And that's oh, sweet. That's
6: pretty. Cool. It's like a patriotic. You can show your patriotism oh. fandom in a from a tree stand. That's sweet. Look at that. the that. new troop Tuesday.
8: baller. Today, the deer a, will never there. see you. Rodney,
1: thank you for. uh I'm thanking you on behalf of Gamecock Traditions for <laughs> ordering. <laughs>
6: I, I, I'm sitting here pitching myself. God, really? We have Gamecock Traditions and D's Wings and Love Chevrolet as our sponsors, and Ryan Brewer Fence and all these brands around Columbia that I've always loved. They're all sponsors of our show. I'm like, when D's Wings did floored me, when when, when I wait a minute, D's Wings is a sponsor. And that's delicious. D- I love it. Delicious. D's Wings. Yeah, I'm going to have to.
1: D's- Delicious.
6: I may, while I'm in town, I may, I may do the show from there one day. I may just roll up in there with a plate of wings and and no. pop up my laptop. Like, hey, I'm here. That's an NIL event
8: right there, JC. <laughs> Come NIL, see me
6: all over it, and i But no, uh, yeah, I mean, and Tanner, so Tanner's he, he's probably loving life right now. I mean, things have things have gone pretty well. I mean, I, you know, um, but uh, his his interview was was awesome. I mean, just you you when you we've had for a while now, a lot of guests that give Tanner stories. And then you, you, you talk to him in the interview and, and they're actually all true. <laughs> and you can see it when you talk to him because you're, you're like, Oh, I know that this guy likely did that, you know? Um, and, and, and the greatest thing he said was, you know, the fear in that first game at Founders Park was losing. Yeah. <laughs> that dude did not like to lose.
3: Uh- <laughs>
8: He was not a happy camper in Lamont, Lamont Paris press conference the other day. I'll tell you that right now. He was, not. Oh. well, that's just because
6: he probably hears an earful because a lot of the fans think that he coaches every team because he was he a coach. He didn't care about that. He and he, care, uh, he they people are like, I got you, can't lose the LSU at home, fire tanner. After good. after every game basketball victory this year, Mike Morgan, Texas, fire red tanner. <laughs> fire Lamont, fire this. But uh, anyway, man, it's uh, it was great. I mean, uh, Stuart coming in and out was great. A couple times, Whittle. You know, you can't put a price on on what he brings to the table uh, for baseball. Uh, it was just a great day. Anyway, that's a long way of me saying y'all check out, y'all Continue to check it out if you missed it. All those interviews are up and, and neatly arranged, so you can just pop on the playlist, get on the treadmill, and, and relive it.
1: We will uh, continue with some some football in the uh, final hour, and then get well into Gamecock hoops as well with with Matt Anderson. In case you missed it last night, or in case you missed the beginning of the program, it was a tough night for number ones. Number one, Wake Forest falls in baseball. Number one, UConn falls in basketball. They didn't just fall; they fell hard and, at great. And you, you, you called that too, by the way, yesterday. You, you sort of slyly
6: mentioned. Yeah, you can't yeah. uh, really yeah, good, he's, at watching, he's good at this one. Watch it. upsets. He's good at picking upsets in basketball. I've noticed
1: that. I called Baylor too for what that's worth. And they got beat on the road at 25th ranked um, BYU. Tennessee uh was able to get control of it. And you, you know, Missouri made a little run there at the end. That's the thing. This Missouri team doesn't quit, but but you know, their record is abysmal. Uh just eight and eighteen. They have not won a league game. Uh, Tennessee now is at ten and three. That certainly would have would have been beneficial for Carolina had uh, the Vols dropped it, but they they did not. And um, so uh, Missouri will move forward with a road trip to Arkansas, then a road trip to Florida, back to back home games against Ole Miss and Auburn, and then a road trip to LSU. Doesn't a appear at this point in time to be a win left on the schedule, although the last two games have been close. They did go to Ole Miss, and remember, they barely lost that game by three. So now they'll go to Arkansas, who last night hit the road for College Station, and they won. Uh, The Razorbacks took their – whatever they got going on over there uh, to Texas and tripped up the the Aggies, which is not good news – Matt, we're at the end of the hour, but we will be talking about this when we come back. That's not good for a And And M is struggling now. They're two and
6: zero oh against uh, the Aggies this year. The, those guys get, I think that they, they get inspired by the yell leaders. And, and uh,
8: <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but yeah.
6: Well, I wasn't uh, saying anything about the rumor
8: saying it. You are uh,
6: saying they get fired up with by the yell leaders.
8: they get they get
6: extra motivation playing in, oh. in front of the yell leaders. Hey, congratulations to Arkansas, though, because that was be- A&M's done that all year, though, guys. They've they've lost the teams they they've beaten teams they have no business beating, and I mean, you're talking about a team that beat Tennessee by 16 at home. That's tough to do, and then they go lose at Vandy and and are 0 and two against Arkansas. It's the most inconsistent bunch. It's uh, yes, yeah, uh, but hey, it makes it makes me feel better about the trip to College Station coming up for the Gamecocks. yeah
1: Certainly, yeah. Hopefully, we pull one off on the road. They're going to need it. We'll ask Matt what's important about the remaining SEC regular season slate for Carolina, and um, we'll also get into plenty of the bracketology stuff. Saw somebody earlier said something uh, along the lines when it came to football predictions. Some somebody named Jake Wimberly predicted Carolina to go four and eight. I'm just gonna wrap up this segment. Who the hell is Jake Wimberly? Why do I care? We'll be right back.
8: You don't. You don't know Jake. Never heard of her.
7: <laughs> I said, "Oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire! Ain't nobody got time for
1: this." Disaster comes uninformed. During and after natural disasters or accidents, there can be a heavy loss to property. Having your home or office destroyed or damaged by water, fire, smoke, or mold affects your personal and business lifestyle. Resto Pros of the Midlands is here to help. Open 24-7. Call them when you need them. 803-493-0170. Resto Pros of the Midlands. RestoprosMidlandsSC.com. Quality that is guaranteed. Down here in the South,
0: we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
1: Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Dough Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Attention baseball and softball players for virtual hitting lessons and evaluations. Contact former baseball record holder and All-American Michael Campbell at 859-414-8240 or email soups at gmail.com. Go Gamecocks. In the break, that a defensive line signee, he's not even enrolled in school, used his NIL money and bought his mother a house. He hasn't graduated high school yet. Did I miss something? I guess that's legal in Florida. I have no idea. I have Yep. Certain states
7: you can do high school. Yeah, the state laws. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah.
6: It's interesting because, um, yeah, you know, South Carolina is trying to pass a new state law for NIL, and I think they will. Um, I, uh, I think, yeah, by the help. way,
1: Coach Tanner was there today speaking with the legislature on that. I'm yeah. not going to get in the weeds on that right now because we just don't have enough information to be able to put all these quotes together that I've been getting. So we'll get to that tomorrow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, okay. I just wanted to make sure people knew. We were aware that he's meeting on. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely.
6: Um, let it kind of simmer, though, and because it's a lot to digest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to tackle that. But I, I'm going to say it's in general. Uh, Ross Dellinger pointed this out the other day because they were sort of threatening the Texas schools because Texas passed this again you know, because Texas is sort of its own country in a lot of ways. And, Yeehaw, we're just going to let them do whatever and cheat, and we don't care. What's Texas uh and they were kind of threatening those schools they were like well wait a minute you still have to follow our rules even though the state law says this well there's a new provision out the most recent guidance from the NCAA says schools will not be punished if they are following a state law that has happens to conflict with NCAA rules so I'm curious to see what this state law ends up saying, because in theory, Clemson and South Carolina and coastal and whoever else, uh, could end up, um, getting an advantage, kind of like Missouri sort of has, uh, mm. with it, uh, Missouri state law is really, really good for them. Um, and so, uh, we'll see what happens, but, uh, if you're a fan of one of the in-state schools, that's exciting. Um, I think, in my opinion, because I, I don't think the North Carolina law or the Georgia law is as non-restrictive, uh, with the exception of Georgia high school players can get NIL. Um, I don't think it's uh, – I, I, let's just say I think I think for once the state government will do some good for athletics uh, in our state uh, and not just for the guys up up in the upstate. Let's just put it that way.
1: We'll certainly see. It is ever evolving. So is bracketology. Uh, for all of you that have been or are beginning it to at least uh pay attention. South Carolina now, according to Joe Lenardi, we hit on this yesterday, Matt. There are seven seed. The really interesting thing is if you want to dream a little bit uh what it would look like after the the first and uh first round, uh there's a potential based on Joe Lenardi's projections. Again, none of this is going to come true because it just won't. You can't predict the NCAA's field, and you certainly can't predict what's going to happen um, because nobody does every year. That's been proven. But just to have fun with it, uh, yesterday, Lenardi released his um, his new updated field, and he had Carolina in Omaha in a 7-10 matchup against J.C.'s New Mexico squad. And had they get through that, if they got through that, they would take on more than likely – second seeded Kansas and if they got and if they got through that there's a chance that they'd have a chance to take on once again the Duke Blue Devils or if a miracle happened in the first round the College of Charleston Cougars and let's say they got through that there's a chance that they'd be playing in the Elite Eight for a chance to go to the Final Four against the Clemson Tigers well that would be a dream wouldn't it you just you, you beat Kansas and then you beat the College of Charleston or Duke, and then you beat Clemson and you're in the final four. I mean, that would be the run of run. 17 would be a almost a distant memory at that point in time. But with all of that said, though, Matt, that's the fun part of this. I, I when it comes to this basketball team, because we haven't had you on this week to have a serious conversation about who they are, what they are and where they are at this point in time. You know, sometimes you don't want to take a long break, uh, especially in baseball. And in basketball, but in football too, like sometimes, you know, you're just playing well and you get that off weekend and you're like, oh man, this kind of stinks. Um, and in baseball, you know, you get hot and you, you, well, know, you ball looks like a beach ball. You know, you're seven of your last 10 with three home runs and nobody can get you out. And then all of a sudden, you're not playing for five days. You just want to get back on the field. Basketball, kind of the same thing. Then sometimes, boy, we need a break. You know, I felt like this team had hit a wall just watching them play 80 minutes of basketball last week. And it felt like this break was coming at a really good time because they're in the field. They haven't lost anything. I mean, they've lost nothing at the end of the day based on what everybody thought they were going to do and who they were going to be. And now they're in the middle of a six-day stretch where they can get some fresh legs recycle their brains and get back out there. Those are my thoughts on it. So I was interested to get yours.
8: Yeah. I think when you look at college basketball and and look what's happened lately, Gamecocks were on what a seven game SEC win streak, go get blasted by LSU. And look, I mean, not LSU Auburn, but you can go back to the LSU game this past weekend and the Gamecocks had a 16 point lead. I don't want to say anything about like, Oh, that Auburn beat them twice. No, they didn't. The Gamecocks beat themselves against LSU, but You've also go back and you talk about okay, well, what just happened to Connecticut? What just happened to Purdue? You're at the point of the season where you have winning streaks on the line, you have real seeding on the line, and you know S gets real if you know what I mean. (laughs) Like now, it's all of a sudden we're not just the fun story anymore. Like we got to keep doing this because we're here. And I think the Gamecocks are are fine. I think that. Connecticut's fine. I think Purdue's fine. I think all sure. these are fine. I think yeah. that we're about the break, Ginkgox needed it. Mike Morgan's been on your show for how many weeks now talking about, oh my gosh, like Talon is going to kill himself if he keeps playing this amount of minutes. And maybe that, you know, built up a little bit. I don't know. Um, I'm not Talon. I'm not going to speak for Talon, but I can I promise you Talon's going to say, let's go play right now you know go let me let me go play Auburn again right but I think the week is good I know that John Whittle reported that Sunday was a day off I think today's a day off as well just to get mentally and physically right and that's that's an important thing for teams at this time of year
1: yeah and they've got it so the LSU loss looking back I I thought that it wasn't like a must win that's not what I'm saying but it would. It was highly preferable to win the game for multiple reasons. I think the one that stuck out the most to me was the fact that they had back-to-back road games following. And while Canada has had some great road success thus far this year, you start getting those those Gumby legs towards the end of the season. Teams are kind of on the line. I mean, think about these next two road trips, guys. Just think about this for a quick second here, as it just pertains strictly to bracketology. The last four buys. Texas A&M is in in that group. The last four in, Ole Miss is in that group. Those are the next two road trips for South Carolina basketball. Those two teams are playing literally for their March Madness lives. They know they have an enormous opportunity against a South Carolina team that's bleeding a little bit from getting banged up last week to be able to tackle a top-20 team at home a team that's projected in the tournament that would certainly help their tournament chances. So, like, the off-week aside, they're going to get the best that these guys have to offer in these two upcoming road trips. So, let me ask you this. I got, I've got i got two important, in my mind, important questions. Um, one of them is, do you feel that they have to win one of these next two road games
8: for any reason at all? When you say for any reason at all, I'm going to say no. They don't have to win either of these. Look, I don't know if – and this is a Gary Parish bit I'm stealing. I don't know if you all know this, but they have to find 36 at-large teams to make the NCAA tournament. they got to find 36 of them. Right now, there are 15 teams in the country that have nine-plus quad one and quad two wins there are 30 teams in the country that have six to eight quad one and quad two wins and South Carolina falls in that latter half. So you're talking about 45 teams still in it. And then you say, okay, well let's say that seven to nine of the conferences in America right now get multiple bids. So now you drop it down to 38 or 36 South Carolina is so far in front of that 38 to 36 range to get in the tournament, they don't have to win any of these games. These games are for seeding. That's what we're talking about still. And I know that Gamecock fans oftentimes think the sky is falling, but I'm telling you right now, the Gamecocks are not going to miss this NCAA tournament. And, you know, JC put it on a little clip. Like there's no way that they're going to miss based on everything I'm looking at in bracketology, which I've been doing for 15 years. So must win? No. Do you want to win? Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, don't want
6: to lose. I mean, a seven-game, eight-game losing streak heading into the NCAA tournament. Although, well, the Final I, Four I, team I, went three and seven down the stretch. Yeah. I don't what think
1: I'm, they can lose the, all these remaining games and main and stay in, t- in state of the tournament. I don't think that's possible because because of all the teams that they're playing against. I mean, you've got the, Ole Miss, A and M, Mississippi State on the road. All three of those programs are battling to get into the tournament. And you know, if Carolina finished it what that would be nine yeah, and maybe nine and nine with with losses of those guys.
6: According know. to Lenardi though, uh Mississippi State and A and M are safe for like eight, eight and nine. Uh Ole Miss is the one going to Dayton right now. So I, yeah, and, I, and, and, and all and, these are quad, yeah, quad one. They're all even Florida's quad right, right, approaching quad one status. So,
8: yeah, JC, that's a good point. Um, and well, they're all. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. I, yeah. I got the information here for you. <laughs> if you look at, if you look at the rest of the country, so let's just say like the teams that have six to eight quad one and quad two wins, you know, six you know. eight of them. Gamecocks have eight right now, according to Bart Torvik. I'm not checking his math. I'm trusting it, but. Gamecocks are the only team in the country that only have five quad one games remaining the rest of the season. The next closest you have Illinois, Providence, Mississippi state, Kentucky, Florida, and Oklahoma that have three quad one games. A lot of these other teams have, you know, two quad two, two quad three, a handful of them have some quad four games. So if like, if the conversation here, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, JB. I'm just saying if the conversation is, oh my gosh, all these other teams in the country are going to win five straight and the Gamecocks are going to be on the outside looking in. Okay, well, they might have two quad one wins there. Okay, they just caught up to the Gamecocks. Or, you know, they're picking up a quad three, quad four win. Doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. So the Gamecocks are the only team in the country that still have the opportunity to improve upon, you know, where they're at right now. There are only 15 teams in the country that have, Nine quad one and quad two wins. Well, the gamecocks have a chance to pick up four more or five more over the mm. next five games. So the gamecocks are in a really good position, regardless of everything else.
6: Yeah, you, you look at it, it, looks dull. You're worried about losing it, but uh, heck, if they oh, if is, they if they win these next two, I think the conversation oh, I think I, I think it locks it up, it locks it's up a over. bit, but the conversation then flips to. Well, can you win the SEC? Number one and number two. Are you a three? Can you play your way until the three line or the four line? I feel, yeah,
8: absolutely. Look at Wisconsin. You know, like Wisconsin's been playing like dog crap lately. Guess what happened on Saturday? They were a four seed, in the yeah, you know, in the, the release because I, they have ten quad one and quad two wins right now. And, and keep in mind, eight they've thrown away. Like it used to be, the
6: last ten. Was a metric that they used, like it, it, when they had the RPI and all that. The the Nets tossed that out. I mean, they're not supposed to. It's not. It's every game allegedly is supposed to count the same, and they've certainly used that to keep teams out before the November losses. Uh, so, you know, if that's the case, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's gonna. I think it's gonna impact their seating. And and hey, if they lose out, they may they may go to Dayton, but they're still gonna yeah. be in. I think, but it's uh, and I'm I'm kind of in the middle of you two. I'm like, mathematically, I, I see it, and and I believe in math, right? And I believe you, but I'm also i have also believe in JB's gut feeling too. I'm like, I don't want it to come to that, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think of a lot of nervousness uh, on Selection Sunday. I'd I'd much rather sit there and and you know, Carolina wins or at least splits these next two on the road that safely gets them in. And then you just shoot your shot because Florida's a big game. Tennessee's a big game. Mississippi State's a big game uh, that you want to win and improve your seating, but you don't have to go win it. And God knows you don't want to have to go to Nashville and do anything. This program has rarely, since, since the miracle run from the Dave Odom second NIT team that reached the championship game against Florida, this program's done nothing in that city, in that building in quite some time. So uh, I, uh, I I don't want it to come down to that. You know, just to, my preference would be, yeah, you know, go beat Ole Miss
8: or go beat A and M, uh, and and breathe easy, breathe well, easy. it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that, JC, because I think right now that the SEC regular season championship is coming down to six teams. I think those teams are Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, and South Carolina. And at this point, when you talk about Nashville, look. The goal is to win the regular season. And look, you go win your next five, guess what? You're going to be the SEC regular season champions because Alabama still has games against Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, and another return trip to Florida. Tennessee has Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. Um, Auburn has Tennessee. Auburn's probably in the catbird seat right now to win the SEC regular season. But guess what? The Gamecocks are tied with them in the win-loss record. In the SEC, Kentucky has Alabama and Tennessee. Florida has Alabama, South Carolina, another game to Alabama. South Carolina only has Florida and Tennessee of those teams that are have an opportunity to win the SEC regular season, in my opinion. So Alabama has four. Tennessee has four games. Auburn has one, Kentucky, two, Florida, three and the Gamecocks, two. So it feels like the world is falling down on the Gamecocks right now. But as Mike Morgan says, every team is going to take back-to-back losses in SEC play. There's going to be a lot of intrigue, I think, with this SEC regular season championship down the rest of the way. I'm not saying the Gamecocks are going to win it. They got pretty tough schedule. But when you look at like the quad one and put that over here and the other teams you're competing against for the SEC regular season, you got a favorable shot. I'm, I'm going to tell you who I think.
1: I... I Right now, so in order for this to work out for Carolina, they got to win out. Bama has to lose three games, and I I don't see that happening. But I, but I will say this: watch out for Wildcats, because first of all, from a scheduling standpoint, they go to LSU tonight. They got Bama coming to town this weekend. They go to Mississippi State. Then they got Arkansas and Vanderbilt coming to town. And then they got go to go to Knoxville. Okay. And that certainly, and that could that game there could be for the SEC championship. But here's what here's here's the thing with Kentucky. They're playing defense, boys. Cal's got them, got them right over there. They don't they didn't need a hundred points. They're playing defense. They beat Ole Miss by playing defense. They beat Auburn on the road on the plains. They gave up fifty nine points. That same Auburn team to beat this South Carolina team who's got one of the best defenses in college basketball, certainly in the SEC, and scored 101 points. They held them 42 points underneath that. If Kentucky is playing defense,
8: and they and we know what they're capable of on offense, they're, wow, hard to beat. If I, if I was taking a flyer on an NCAA tournament champion right now and just looking at the odds, and I don't know where Kentucky is, I'd imagine they're probably somewhere 22 to 24 to 1, based on their cumulative season. Kentucky is, they have the most NBA players in the SEC. And they. if you have the most NBA players in the SEC, you got the most NBA players in the country, you know, most nights. That would be a team that I would, I'd circle, if you're doing some bracketology and filling out your brackets in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll have shows on that. Yeah, because you saw Cal at halftime. He was a very, very confident at halftime talking to the sideline reporter, talking about what they were doing and how they were doing it, and just we're going to keep it going. And they sure enough did. Uh, it's one twenty-one. We need to step
1: out of the Cinerama Studios and into a uh, timeout. But when we return, I want to ask you a question. It's going to be an odd one about Colin Murray Boyles, but I'm anxious to hear your response on that. And then we'll tee you up for uh, Gamecock baseball today as well and uh, and get you ready to go for uh, South Carolina's matchup against Queens as they look to open the season 5-0. and We're part of the Chiefs Sports Network, which, of course, is served by Dixie Vodka, which is served well with five-calorie cranberry. I don't want to hear anything from any of you. That's how I like to drink it. Dixie Vodka is the smoothest vodka in South Carolina. It's made in Charleston. And we are honored to be partners with them. And it is not overly expensive, nor should vodka be. And they know that. And that's why it's great. $28 for a a handle. Dixie vodka. Why would you not put some in in your liquor cabinet tonight? You're crazy if you don't, if you drink vodka. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back.
3: Mike here for one of the better dining options in the capital city. You know, when I first moved there, I asked people around the radio station, where are the best wings? Well, the consensus was D's wings. That was then. Today, they still have the best wings, but it's so much more. Now in their new location at 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia. Yeah, they get voted the best wings on a routine basis. Yes, they get voted the best sports bar on a routine basis, but they're not just about wings, and really, they're not just a sports bar. It is a family-run local restaurant and bar with 20 TVs and 25 beers on tap. And how about these daily specials? Every Monday night at D's, you've got 75-cent wings from 4 until closing. Tacos on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, 18 wings and a pitcher of beer for $29. bucks. you have also got ribs and oyster bucket specials on Thursday. And no matter how big the party is, 20 or more, no problem. Just call ahead of time, and they'll take terrific care of you. They'll do takeout as well. And guess what? A human will answer the phone and take the order. Billy and his staff do an outstanding job. Check out D's. 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia.
8: This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, here it
0: is.
1: They're always proudly supporting the men and women of the United States military here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back, built by the Barndo Co. and live from the Sinorama Studios. Our friend, and I love seeing him last week, one of the great dudes out there, Matt Vaughn, who owns Sinorama. How about this? I, I remember these days well because I did this for Monty uh, when he was at the College of Charleston. Matt's son gets to bat boy uh, a few games this year and a couple of Friday night SEC lid lifters as well. I think one of them might be the Arkansas series. Uh, and I, he, if I remember correctly, I feel like Matt might've said that his kid, that his little boy is going to be out there bat boying the Friday night Clemson game, um, which is neat. So congratulations to the Vaughn family. That's pretty cool. He'll remember that the rest of his life and, and, uh, and the game are lucky to have him out there, making sure those bats don't get tripped on and ankles don't get rolled and all those type things. That's a fun job for a little kid. And, uh, so that'd be pretty neat, but, um, we love Matt Vaughn and we appreciate signing everything they do, not only for us, but for all of you, all of you who've used them. Thank you so much for doing that really means a lot. If you've got a business and you need signage, anything you could dream of, that's what they do. And we can prove that by sending you to founders park colonial life arena or Williams Bryce stadium. Literally, if there's a sign, it's, it's them. Now I got a story for y'all. And then we'll get back into the hoops. You ready for this, JC? I know something you don't know.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) I'm
1: about about to, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this.
6: Nah. Just never ask forgiveness, not permission.
1: That's not always true. It's not
6: not in all cases. No, no, <laughs> so no, no, some things no. you can't really. Some things are unforgivable, right? No, Actually, I was married, man. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I've, I've, I've learned.
1: <laughs> My wife doesn't forget, and generally doesn't forgive. None of them do. Um, yeah. No, I know uh, Phil. Yeah, yeah, look at Phil. He's <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I learned last week. I have Have y'all seen the block C that Sir Big Spur sits in? Hmm? Okay, like football, baseball games. Mm-hmm. Did you know that that whole thing was stolen at the end of football season out of williams Bryce Stadium? What garbage person did that? Three students from UNC Charlotte broke into williams Bryce Stadium and stole Sir Big Spurs game day home and were eventually busted and charged with felony breaking and entering, amongst other things. What does UNC Charlotte have against Carolina, man? I mean, what did Big Spur ever do to you?
9: Yeah, their I baseball. Mean, they,
1: their baseball team hates Carolina. Is, it, is it because we took Blake Jackson from you? Is y'all up about that? I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, I learned that this past weekend. I. I don't think that's been reported anywhere. Uh, if I missed a step in that story somewhere, I'm not going to say who told me the story, but, um, I know that, that signorama had to, uh, rebuild that block C. And, um, so thank God for Matt Vaughn and his team. But yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that happened at the end of football season. I,
6: I like Sir Big Spur people. They're you're cool. Uh, you know, runs a Twitter account. Uh, I think's a fan of the show. I think they watch it. They always like our tweets and wish me a happy birthday and congrats on my wedding. And I mean, they're nice people. Uh, I, I I could just picture it now, like the way too heavily involved mid-major college. See, this is why Group of Five sucks, guys. <laughs> That's just right to my point. They're sitting there in 2022, getting their ass handed to care by Carolina because they thought they were going to pull the upset, right? And they want to they want to fire. What was their coach's name? Will whatever his name was. Will he- Will Healy. Will Healy. They thought he's going to be the next. Ended up firing him. And they like, first, first of all, I, I thought fire. he was
1: going to be pretty good too. By the way,
6: I think they should have given him an extra, an extra little bit of time. But the guy they got now, Biff Pogie, is a, yeah, he's quite he's a talented. character. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> so, so they're probably sitting there like angry. The three that care, you know, angry as hell. Oh, what the hell with this? We're firing Will Healy start an online petition and then once we get him fired we're going to come back down here and steal that chicken coop <laughs> yes. and then well, they put the face paint on and uh went in there and we're like this is for the 49ers
1: Gosh. <laughs> well
6: this is for unc charlotte
1: baby yeah i mean i i don't know what they did with that thing i don't i mean carolina i don't think got it back or if they did maybe it was busted up or something but
6: I would have given it back and apologized if I were them. I mean, you're facing felony charges. That's pretty serious. Uh, but, I mean, how stupid do you have to be? It's like the idiot Clemson fan that that, that's, that damaged their own rock and stole it in an attempt to frame game comments. That's what <laughs> I was going
7: to say. Is, well, at least it wasn't, you know, friendly fire.
6: Yeah. <laughs> like our look, friends up here. It's not. And, and, and I mean, it, it's not quite. It's not to the level of like Auburn, Bama, where. An average of 0.8 people get murdered, or shot, dead after that game in the state of Alabama on an annual basis. I mean, go look at some of the news clips. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that bad. I mean, you know, these games not life or death. Pranks happen, and, and we know that. But uh, man, oh man, how dumb do you have to be? I mean, and, and, you know, a place like oh, I mean, yeah. they're. Good. How do you? It's not like it's not like jewelry where you can like hide it, or I mean, it, you know, it's a like huge block custom-made block c that a rooster lives on
8: and on top of that you know it just went into their dorm room their apartment and then everybody saw it you're not keeping that secret you can't hide that (laughs) oh yeah it's a (laughs) a major award
1: and you could put the rock in your garden and be like yeah i just wanted to soup up the garden with a rock nobody would know the difference in that rock and howard's rock i mean you know what i mean it's just a rock but a big block C, is pretty well done. All of a sudden, sitting on your dining room table, you know, you didn't just craft that. Like,
7: and <laughs> young people are <laughs> Snapchat- letter in my yard,
6: please. They're Snapchatting <laughs>
1: it and sending it to their friends.
6: And I it's all it. Things, but- yeah, I mean, it's well, well like-
1: but you know, J- but JC, it's. Does anybody know what year it is? Twenty twenty four. Yeah. Do you, do you know what? <laughs> Everybody's do you got know a what camera. exists? Yeah. Especially yeah. Bryce Stadium. There's a thousand of them. I just I mean, look by the other day. I, every, everybody in the city of Columbia could see me walking around Williams Bryce stadium, you know, I mean, hey,
6: I, I may or may not in 1996 have stole a lawn ornament and, and drug it out in front of the KA house at Wofford and yelled how much your did make and run away. I may or may hey, not have done that, but there were I no may, cameras.
1: I know? may or may not in 2007, gone with a couple of my teammates, put a few tees in the ground and drove golf balls into some of the frat houses, but there weren't any cameras back then. <laughs> Come either. on, here, nobody had
6: Facebook. <laughs> Facebook
1: was, I mean, nobody had Snapchat back
6: then, we, you know.
1: The one idiot that came out the front door trying to stop us, he became the
8: target, <laughs> poor soul. <laughs> I, I may JB said, all right, guys, there. put your Razor phones away. Put the Somebody Razor phones away. Well, probably the
7: statute of limitations there is what <laughs> no, yeah, Phil's calculating
6: statute of limitations. Yeah, like, right, hold rhymes. on,
7: yeah, we may or may not have. Hold on, legal legal
1: on the point. line?
5: <laughs> 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 a friend of mine, did, well, he Burns, he's legal. Old, line two. Guy,
6: this uh, this dude, not a friendly dude either. Named Clifton Edwards. He was the principal of James F. Burns High School when mm-hmm. I went there. He didn't like like me at all. And uh, a, a group of us, he just kind of picked on. I don't think he likes smart kids. But uh, anyway, a friend of mine put some M, uh, M-80s in his mailbox and blew it all to hell. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I may or may not have been in the car watching him do it. But, it, it, you know, sometimes you, you try to blow up a mailbox. It, it may not function. You know, the get, you get nervous.
1: Statute with a T. not Statute. 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 Yeah, Thank but you, it, I
6: mean, you know. But anyway, that's uh, those those are good, good times. And of course, all the stories are
1: completely made up. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm not yeah. telling the truth. Protect the innocent,
6: you know. But uh,
1: yeah, I, I really not believe you. me. I'm also six yeah, three. You know. If you haven't noticed, you got to knock on the door.
6: Anyway,
7: I mean, it's all hearsay. It's
6: All hearsay, speculation.
8: Uh, I just want to yeah. say, I'm not <laughs> a regular part of this show. No, I don't do the things that these people do.
1: My name's not even <laughs> Matt. Matt. Like,
6: I'm not associated <laughs> with this. Crowd, um, <laughs> this is my so neighbor.
1: Yeah.
6: So, Matt anyway. so Matt,
1: clean. yeah. Speaking of keeping their nose clean and swatting basketballs into people's noses and things like that, I don't know. That's the best I could do to transition there. But CMB is what he's becoming known for. Uh, Colin Murray Bulls is becoming a star. But Matt, I so the last couple of games, not even just really the last two losses for South Carolina. For for South Carolina, um, the last. You know, for the Ole Miss game, they had some defensive lapses, kind of couldn't couldn't quite put them away, but they were able to uh, able to hang on. Vanderbilt, you know, the first half was a struggle. The count the second half kind of did what they did, and and they were able to get out of there with a 15-point win, and we clearly know what's happened in the last two games. In that same span, Colin Murray-Boyles has really blossomed into the star of this team, at least currently. I, though, am of the belief – and uh, no, let me – hold on. But Before I say that, let me say something real quick. I'm not blaming Colin Murray Boyles for the last two losses. I don't think his production is bad for this program. I'm this is I'm getting into basketball talk, man. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I know
8: where I know where you're going.
1: I feel like it's beca- he has become such a centerpiece. I feel like it's thrown the mojo off a little bit, and. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. They've settled for some shots almost as in like, ah, well, he'll get it and put it back in there. I feel like ball movement at times has been a little lax. They've had some defensive lapses, some communication problems. Um, and all this is combined to, you know, what we've seen here in this little bit of a stretch. Uh your thoughts on that statement and
8: anything to add to it? So my initial thoughts on that statement are you're absolutely right. Um Murray boils when He's on the the court right now and from the entirety of the season. But at this point, he's finishing 22.7% of possessions. So, you know, a little over one out of five, right? But if you think about where he was six games ago, he might have been finishing like 11% of the possessions, you know, a shot on the rim. So, there's definitely been a transition with the Gamecock men's basketball team over the last six games. And look no further than Michi and his scoring, and then Talon and his scoring, and then a little bit of tapering off. But, you know, when Michi was down, Talon was up. And then Colin was giving you 13 points, maybe 11, seven points, whatever. But this break right here, I think, gives the Gamecocks an opportunity to say, let's get everybody firing on all cylinders. I mean, Throughout the season, BJ Mack, when he's on the court, is taking 30% of the shots. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's becoming the beat, the BJ Mack and the Colin Murray Boyle show, which is fine because, you know, I'd say 55, 60% of BJ shots are, you know, outside the paint, let's call it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a three pointer, maybe a 15 footer, whatever. Um, the Gamecocks need to find a way to get all four of their big dogs on the same page, and that's BJ, Michi, Talon, and Colin. And then you have the secondary pieces like a Zach Davis, a Miles Studi, a Josh Gray, you know, you know, that's eight guys I just talked about right there, or seven guys. And then you find a way, and you know, obviously Jacoby Wright, but so you have those eight guys that need to get in a rhythm and figure out how to play together. And they're gonna get there. They will.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. To back up what you said there too, so 100% agree. I think that that's one of the things that's valuable about this week. Like you're not, you don't want to take production away from Colin Murray Bulls. That's not the point of this conversation. It's 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 about it's about how do they get this thing to flow the best way that it can flow with all the guys that they've got out there. To you know to to summarize that as you pointed out in the last game, the loss against um, against uh, the Bayou Bengals of LSU. 14 of 27 from the floor between Mack and Murray Boyles. BJ only took three three-pointers, and he was a uh, one three, which, you know, that's that's going to be how he's going to be sometimes. Sometimes going to step out and knock him down, three of seven, three of six, whatever it is. Here's the stat, though, and this is why they lost the game. Michi and Talon combined for 59 minutes. They were 2 of 12 from the floor, 1 of 5 from long range, and 5 total points in 59 minutes between your two starting guards. That can't happen. So they've just got to figure out a way to get those two guys to where they're involved on both ends of the floor efficiently, moving the basketball, and, of course, scoring the bat Like, they don't have to, you know, as you said, Matt, like, they don't have to score 20 points a game. But they do have to score,
8: and they didn't the other night. Well, I think that, you know, that's a little bit of a combination of the game against LSU. I mean, when you have what's working, working, right? the Gamecocks were up by 16 and Michi and Talon weren't really scoring. <laughs> and you're up by 16. You know, why are you going to change things? Um, so my brother played college basketball at the mid-major level. And, you know, the biggest thing that he keeps saying over and over again is that, and I, I was section this to you guys, in the first half of the Ole Miss game at home, South Carolina was doing a great job with the ball screen at the top of the key since then it's the second half. And maybe it was that seven foot five guy that came in there. They haven't been doing a great job. And when teams get rolling and they know that they have something that's working, that's what killed the Gamecocks against Ole Miss in the second half. And then the last 16 minutes of the game against LSU, um, the, the, the Auburn game, whatever that they shot 60% from three 60% from two, almost 90% from the free throw line. I don't care about that, that that's a night that happens, but they've got to figure this out. I don't know what happened from the first half Ole Miss and the second half. And, you know, Lamont said in his press conference, I don't like, I'm taking full responsibility. Like he didn't throw it on the players at all, but he said, there is something that's happening in the communication of what we are telling them to do, that they're not either understanding or whatever it is, You know, like something's not connecting on the court. I mean, you know, that LSU game, I I say the basketball game, you know, you want to have there's two big parts of every basketball game. You want to have the first run, like the best run and the last run of the game. So like those two things and and the two losses, you know, to LSU, you didn't have the best and you didn't have the last run of the game. And against Ole Miss, he didn't have the best or the last run of the game either. And that's where the Gamecocks are kind of having, you know, a snowball effect come down on them. But I think the Gamecocks are going to be fine. I mean, is it a problem that Michi can go score 20, Talon can score 15 to 16, <laughs> Colin Murray-Boyles can score 30, and BJ can score 15? That's a good problem to have. Now just fix it and make them all run on the. You know, the same hitting the same cylinder. Yeah, you look at Talon stat line, The last three games, really, he hadn't
6: he hadn't kind of had been himself. It's not just scoring. I mean, and uh, and I noticed that. And I think uh, I mean his sister down. Uh, everything else, I thought before the end the, the result, the outcome, the hitting that wide open three that was potentially the game winner. I thought that may snap him out of it a little bit. Cause I was like, well, that's big for him to hit that shot and then they ended up losing the game. And so maybe not, but, uh, I thought, um, you know, I, I think maybe he is tired. I mean, he does play a lot of minutes. He's a, he's an older guy. Uh, it's a long year teams hit walls. Uh, so maybe rest is, is what they need. And, um, uh, I, uh, I don't know. And I, Jay Boogie, I, I, I don't agree that they lost to Auburn twice. They're up 16. Now they've been had they been down 16 and then come back, made it a one point game. Oh, oh god, we got to wake up. But usually I, I I I don't unfortunately this team, if there is a flaw when you look at their entire body of work, they do blow leads. They do blow leads. They do have trouble putting teams away from time to time. Uh you look at the Clemson lost, blown lead, Georgia lost, blown lead, uh LSU lost, blown lead. Uh, never I mean <laughs> it had to leave early at Auburn, but that was it. Uh Alabama, yeah, had to lead at halftime, you know, but it, it was it was minute, of course. But uh, you know, nine and the, they're up nine at Georgia against Georgia, eleven against Clemson in the second half, sixteen against LSU. Those are three of the five losses. So
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, how about this, Jason? I got a question for you. What do you think about sure. this? Because I remember a couple weeks ago, Coach Paris uh mentioned uh that this group he, he we've talked about all this stuff here. Not that it makes us geniuses it doesn't, but like it's got a very mature group, a bunch of guys you can trust on the floor. And re- do y'all remember when he said a couple weeks ago, Hey, you know, sometimes, sometimes these guys get themselves into trouble and, uh, I could probably call a timeout, but I don't get yourself into this mess, get yourself out of it. You know, like I, th- I think that there's a lot of value in that and being a college basketball head coach, mm-hmm. um, if you have a team who can handle it, and he does, but you also wonder too, like these blown leads, like because they haven't blown all the games that just some of these leads have yeah. shrunk and then they've held on. You wonder too if those are moments w- that he's using them to learn through, and then, of course, the other day this LSU you know situation, you know, is there like if you could if you could pick on Coach Paris a little bit here or there, not that I'm trying to do that, but I'm saying if you could. Is there a moment here or there where maybe they could have said, okay, let's talk about this instead of letting it play out. It's just food for, it's just, just conversation, food for thought, that type of thing, Uh, because he, he had made the comment before, Hey, you got yourself into it, get yourself out. And uh, at times they have survived and, but they didn't on Saturday. I,
6: I'd be careful about talking about teaching, teaching moments around here. Uh, (laughs) the, The last guy that was the coach here, he loved that. He loved teaching moments and. Uh, people, but I don't know. What do you think about that, Mac? Matt? Matt?
8: Yeah, so, I mean, I've always – I've seen coaches do it both ways. And you go back to the Chin Music episode where they had Roy Williams on. What was Roy Williams famous for? Yeah. Sitting on timeouts and taking four timeouts home with them in a loss. Well, guess what? Roy Williams also won like 800, 900 games, yeah. <laughs> hit three or four I- national I- championships. I mean – what, what are you going to do? I mean, every coach has their own style and they have to play to their team. Now, you know, really quick, and I, I, I see Jay Boogie, and I'm not trying to pick on you, man. But, you know, to JC's point, like, that was not a hangover loss. I mean, no, look, so many things think- happened in that last little bit. I mean, when you have the lead by one with 15.7 seconds left and the other team has to foul you five times and – you know, the, the un, like the one in a million shot happens that you get a tie up and then LSU scores and then you have the ball with five seconds left and they got a foul five more times. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. the LSU game was not Auburn, you know, beating them twice. But, you know, to JB, to your point, I mean, every coach has their own style. There have been numerous times this year I've been screaming at Lamont to take a timeout and then I wait till the game's over. And I'm like, hmm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like Lamont clearly knew what he was doing. Um, I think that, you know, as fans and as media personality, we're not in the building. We're not seeing these guys in practice and we're not, you know, having these film sessions and what, what, you know, he's talking about that he trusts his team to do. You know, I think that at the end of the day, you know, Lamont has said himself a couple of times, like you said, JB, like maybe I should have called timeout, but especially against Ole Miss. But I mean, you got to coach your guys the way you're going to coach them
1: exactly and I, we, we, we got to hit one final time out here too on that note but i'll but i'll say this too lsu's been doing this they they get down these big double digit deficits if you watch the tigers play basketball this year i mean remember remember the florida game they were down like 25 points i mean it was long oh i wasn't watching it and then i got a text probably from one of you that was like holy smokes LSU, this was 10 minutes later. They just went on a heater and then they're tied and they're going into overtime and all this stuff. Like, I, you know, that's that's been their MO and, uh, and it clipped Carolina on Saturday because Carolina just could not, at the end there, get, you know, a couple of shots to to fall. I was chilling on the sports book in Vegas, guys, and uh, Bama
6: and LSU were on, it was on the other TV, Gamecocks here. That's, I watched a, a good portion of that game and you're right. Bama'd get up by 13 14. Next thing you know, here comes LSU, 13 to one run, and they cut it to one. And you know, Bama, like like Matt mentioned earlier, Bama had the best run at the end, the last run, and they won one oh nine to ninety. But that mm-hmm. it was a streaky game like that. Um, it's still a game Carolina should have won. Up sixteen like that, you know, you you just you hate it. But but look, man, that happens. It happens, uh, you know, it happens to 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 good teams. They blow leads. I mean you know that that Cincinnati team that came in here in '98 and uh, was up twenty at halftime and blew that lead uh, with Bob Huggins and those guys. The, I think Nick Van Exel may have been on that team. Um, you know that was a good team. The to the NCAA tournament, and they were just fine. So I mean, it's just uh, it's it's it, it. These things happen.
8: But yeah, before uh, we hit the timeout, JB, really quick, just you know for all Gamecock fans out there, look at the second game that Lamont Paris has coached this year. So. You have the Missouri game went to overtime. Gamecocks won that game in regulation at Colonial Life Arena. They have the Georgia game, they lost. Guess what? They, they won. So I think that, you know, Lamont Paris is a good enough coach that we can talk about all these X and O's and should you call a timeout? I think that there's a lot of things for Gamecock fans to be optimistic about on Saturday. I, I,
1: I agree. and I, I Yeah, none of, I hope, hope this wasn't misinterpreted as questioning Lamont Paris. I wasn't in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But of course, I'm just trying to diagnose and figure out, you know, uh, what, where they're, where they're at and why they're there and what they could do to get out of it. And um, it looks like we're all having a good and healthy conversation. And
6: and you're not wrong. You're talking about it in in the scope of one particular game or two particular scenarios. I mean, uh, nobody bats a thousand with, with their philosophy. Nobody's philosophy is foolproof and nobody's philosophy works a hundred percent of the time. So, I mean, it's not questioning. It's just like, well, in that situation, maybe he could have done that. And maybe he probably agrees, or maybe he doesn't. But uh, uh, it is it is an interesting and valid uh, point uh, to make. I, I wish these next two games were at home.
1: <laughs> yeah. so that's, about, that's, 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 that's it. It still scares me. Final quick timeout. We'll tee up for Carolina baseball. Matthew Becker on the mound today for the Gamecocks. We'll tell you more when we return. Down here in the South, we don't always
0: see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce of any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
5: It's the season of love, and there's no sweeter time and place to feel it than today at Love Chevrolet, the heart-pounding rumble of the Silverado High Country, the captivating 2024 Chevy Trax SUV, most affordable in its class. No matter what features you're looking for in a brand new Chevy, your match is waiting for you right now at Love Chevy. In this 63rd season of Love, your trusted hometown Chevy dealer is proud to carry on the tradition of honesty, integrity, and and treating customers like family no fast talk no gimmicks no ridiculous add-on stickers simply the best selection of new chevys at south carolina's number one volume chevy dealer right now and ready to drive home today don't forget about the one thousand dollar low price guarantee wow there's a lot to love about love chevy i26 at harbison and at lovechevy.com. together let's drive Electric bikes of Charleston offers the most
1: fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon bikes and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBytesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bites of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: Hey, Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer,
5: Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks! And we welcome you to Founders Park. It's time for baseball, folks. Swing and a drive. Left field, way back, and gone. It's the ball into the air the opposite way. Has he done it twice? Yes, he has. The to the Taylor, to the wall, that has gone.
0: Back-to-back
7: home runs for South Carolina.
0: There's a high
7: drive. That ball is back. That ball is way,
2: way, way out of here.
5: What else can this young man do? There Then that's
0: oh, that ball is This is Ethan Hedges from Gamecock Baseball. You are now listening to Inside the Gamecocks the show. Be loud. No game
5: Presented by Resto-Pros and Resto-Pros Midlands SC.com.
1: Yep, that's right. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Emergencies and accidents happen. We are in the middle of a fire or water event. All you want is normalcy. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com open 24-7. Present our coverage of Gamecock Baseball. Derek and Stuart Lake will have it today at 345 on the Gamecock Sports Network, Gamecock Sports app, anywhere you are in the world. And uh, locally on some stations, if they interrupt their local programming for college baseball, certainly 1075 the game does. and uh, they will have it at 3:45 uh, today, where Carolina will look to go 5 and0 against Queen's College coming down from the Queen City. Matthew Becker will be on the mound for Carolina. He had a little bit of a little bit of an issue uh, kind of getting into the season. He's good to go and they'll roll him out there. I'm sure he'll be on some sort of a pitch limit. um, And we'll see how it all works out for Matthew Becker. But first of all, Matthew Becker is a fine, fine, fine young man. And he is a lefty. And boy, are they going to need him if they want to get where they're wanting to go later on in the year. Becker last year uh, carried home a four and three record with a 4.83 earn run average. I mentioned this earlier. Interesting enough that on February 22nd, 2023, 365 days from tomorrow, he started against Queens. <laughs> or he didn't start. I'm sorry. He pitched against Queens uh, and uh, threw two innings in that game. He'll start against them tonight, essentially one year later. So he's a guy that is, is uh, we're all really excited to see what he looks like out there. So go get him, Matthew Becker. And uh, hopefully Carolina will get to 5-0 and as um, – they open the
8: 2024 baseball season. So, JB, I got a quick question for you. Um, you know, do you think that Ethan Petrie's in a sophomore slump? No, I think that is the most <laughs> ridiculous. First of all, sophomore slumps can only be determined
1: after your sophomore year. Um, I think that he is, uh, he is pressing a little bit and he is the last dude in the lineup that I'm worried about. It, he can go 0 oh, for his next 15, he'll be fine. Uh, it's baseball, you know. He'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think he's in a slump at all. He's been working on some things, to make himself a little bit more of a complete hitter, and um and he's put some pressure on himself. And he'll bop one out of there, and he'll be right back to rolling. He's already hit two home runs opposite field. Can't do much better
8: than that. Yeah, that was that was in jest, JB. If you didn't catch yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. No, I know it was That's
7: right. What's I, wrong uh, with well, I mean, and Messina? What's What's yeah.
1: wrong? <laughs> somebody after the first game of the year, second game of the year. Well, I'm a I'm a baseball coach. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm a high school baseball coach and Petri's in a sophomore slump. Well, then you're a terrible baseball coach. Because if you went to one of your sophomores after two games and told them that they were in a slump, you're the worst coach on the planet. That's not what a slump is, it's the beginning of the season. <laughs> Look.
6: Oh, uh, you know, we'll
1: see. Yeah. Uh, and by the
6: way, correct Nick Nick Van Axel was not on that Cincinnati team in 98. Nick Van Axel was like early 90s. I'm an idiot. Yeah.
8: So JC, like your knowledge about GameCock sports and like the weather and the attendance and the final score. Like one day when the summer and we got nothing to do, well, um, I'll have you guys challenge me on where a player went to college and when they graduated, because like I have like a rain man knowledge for this kind of stuff. All That's right. awesome.
5: All right.
8: Yeah, I think Nick Van Exel was like a 93 draft pick of the Lakers. So <laughs> I knew he wasn't part of that team. Well,
6: Cincinnati went to that early Final Four when they were still in the Metro. Like that was the, yeah. they had a breakout. Huggins had a breakout. And I think Ooh. that was it. And I don't think he ever made it back at Cincinnati. He, he took West Virginia, but uh, didn't make it back.
8: So. Yeah, that Kenyon Martin year kind of was a, a downer for him when Kenyon Martin got injured. Got in the, hurt. The, and then the they tournament and yeah. It's, yeah.
6: It would have been probably. Pretty,
8: was Frank Martin an assistant on that team
6: for that I don't team? Know. I think in he Martin, might have yeah?
8: still been in Miami as a high school coach. I, I think oh. he joined him. I think Frank actually joined him when he was at Kansas State. I think. Yeah.
6: Nope. Now Frank was at Cincinnati. Was Devin he
8: was then. Yeah.
6: I, I think he was the interim at Cincinnati for a while. He? No. he was
8: the interim at Kansas State. I know that when he went, when. Bob he went to Virginia.
6: but no, no Andy Kennedy was the interim at, at Cincinnati. But Frank was yeah. on that staff. Yeah, and Frank went Frank went, went with the went I the Kansas State guy. State. I watched Frank's team play last night. Reminded me a lot of the Gamecocks. They were hot shooting, blowing VCU and Dave son out. You're
8: in a suit.
1: You want to know what SEC team reminds me a lot of Frank's teams? What A M.
6: Oh, A Well, no. Buzz Williams is one of his buddies.
1: Well, like good, one good quad one games and they've lost four quad three games. Someone explain that, <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah, you're, look, you're, I know we you, it off, but UMass is in like fifth place in the A ten.
6: You look at their losses. I mean, like they lost to LaSalle, who's a three and ten team in that league the other day. But they, they'll, but then they'll go and beat whoever. I mean, it's uh, it's got to be, it's got to be tough to be. I don't know. I don't know if it's tough to be a UMass fan or not because at least they're winning some.
8: Arizona State's the one that gets me. Yeah. They're they're seven and eight in quad one and quad two and two and five in quad three. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's wild. Bobby Bobby Hurley hates his job. I mean, I'm
6: like, why why is he still yeah. working there? I'm like, God bless. <laughs> anyway. All
1: right. We are uh we're out of time. Out of time and out of town. I don't know. We're just out of time, but we will be back tomorrow at eleven. Check the uh Gamecock football Twitter account. Shane Beamer got muddy at Fort Jackson today. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. The golden tones of the great Mike Morgan will join us tomorrow and Friday. So we're looking forward to that Morgan. and uh, and a couple of other surprises. No Derek this week, by the way. No Derek this week. He's uh, helping uh, big time with uh, all the high uh, school league championships. So he is overloaded. But you can catch him today at 345 on the call of the baseball game thanks to matt and chad holbrook for having some fun with us in our number one always thanks to schubert and mad dog and all of you inside the Gamecocks. the show built by the barndo co served by chicken cock whiskey and live from the Cinerama studios back tomorrow we'll see you then